3: So somebody on this show may or may not be dealing with a hangover from outer space. I will give you a hint. That person's name rhymes with Shady Flynn, and we will hear from him coming up momentarily here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn. You can listen to the show, as always, on the iHeartRadio app, wherever you are right now, hanging out with us here on all of our great Fox Sports Radio affiliates. Appreciate a few minutes of your time as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance, visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So we will uh, touch bases with Brady Quinn here uh, coming up in a moment uh, regarding his travels. Uh, Maybe the busiest week by a human being I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, unbelievable what this man has gone through. And so let's check in now live with an actual hangover on the air. Brady Quinn, how we
4: feel? <laughs> That's not even anything close to my current condition. I am tired, a little bit jet lagged. Um, outside of that, though, excited to be talking with you because uh, we had a uh, a pretty monumental game in the NBA today. And typically this is where you, you like to get a sense of where the Cleveland Cavs fan base is.
3: Now, look, um, a couple of things to start off with. Brady has pu- pulled off a travel i week and itinerary that I've never heard of in my life. And unbelievable. <laughs> and we will get to that later on this hour because I don't want to let an hour go by without us touching on this. But if you think your week was busy, Brady's going to make you feel like a sloth after you hear what went down this week. I do, though, as we like to do every single week, we need to check in with the Heartbeat. We need to check in with the Pulse of Cleveland. How is the Pulse of Cleveland, Brady Quinn, who represents the Cavaliers and that lame-ass hashtag by that band, uh, Imagine Pterodactyls, or whatever
4: their name is. Brady Quinn, how we feel? Not concerned. How many times do we have to talk about this throughout the course of the playoffs? What what did I tell you last week? It was kind of of an ass-whooping, though, man.
3: (laughs) It was a beating.
4: And this is where I feel like... I hate even admitting this right now, only because I came to this conclusion after the result of today's game and thought, oh, oh no, I'm going to have to give Jonas Knox credit because this is where your theory of shortening series. Would have been the worst moment of your life, by the way. Yeah, well, uh, but it kind of gives a little bit of credence to to shortening a, a series, only because I feel like the way that game started out, when you're on the road, and you know that you've got six other games where you've got to win this thing, and you know you're not going to steal this one, probably from the Celtics in Boston, uh, I'm not saying you throw in the towel, but I, I don't know that you're really exerting yourself quite as much. Like I, I don't know that you care quite as much when you feel like it's probably a lost cause. You might as well just try to get through the game and try to wait until you have another opportunity to try to steal a game on the road. That, that, is, that is what I feel like a lot of professional sports are at when they get down by a ton on the road early in a seven-game series.
3: Yeah, uh, well, it it allows you for that much margin of error. And and I'm with you because we saw it a couple of years ago in the NBA Finals. If you go back to the 3-1 deficit that that the Cavs came back and won against Golden State, if you actually go back and check the scores of each of the first six games, they were all wipeouts. In one, way, in one way or another, they were complete wipeouts, and it wasn't until Game 7 that you had a somewhat decent game. So everyone pretends like, oh, my God, what an epic series. Not really. It wasn't really competitive in any game other than Game 7. It was just an epic comeback and a Draymond Green meltdown and Cleveland finally getting a championship for the city. Um, when you get into these situations, like, there was a point, especially, I think, in the third quarter. So, so third quarter was winding down, and Cleveland cut the lead to, like, fourteen. And then they came out in the fourth quarter, and Boston put up like seven points. That was a wrap. Curtains. <laughs> and I think Cleveland knew it. I, I think Cleveland knew it because LeBron James, he he didn't look good. And no. and I'm not going to say that, well, you know, this is a something that we can see happening all throughout the series. I have no idea. But there were times, did he or did he not look completely gassed?
4: He looked tired. Yes. I, I think it's a fair assessment. I think you have to give the subjects a little bit of credit, too. This is that battle we talked about, you know, heading into what we thought was going to be the Eastern Conference Finals, the best player in the NBA versus the best coach in the NBA. And I thought what what Brad Stevens kind of put together defensively, how they went about trying to stop LeBron James, put a lot of pressure on him. What do you have to like seven or eight turnovers? I mean, I, I want to say he had like nine the entire last series. Worst game of the playoffs by far, no, by by far. Yeah. and and Marcus Morris he talked a lot about defending against LeBron. Said maybe he's the best defender next to uh, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, to 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 cover LeBron. And I thought he did a good job. Look, the stat I uh, saw was he was like two for six for five points during the during the possession that they actually covered each other. So, you know, I think it was a combination of things. I, I think if you look at the Celtics team. Uh, we've probably underrated how good they are playing collectively as a group. And I think the other thing you have to look at is, is just how bad the Cavs are on defense. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Who who plays good defense on that team on a consistent basis? Like you could say maybe Tristan Thompson from time to time. We know LeBron does, but he can't do everything. He, he can't be asked to score 40, 50 points a game. And be able to put in the type of defensive effort, you know, and, and steal four games in a seven game series. I, I don't, I don't see that happening.
3: Um, I was thinking about this during the game because, like, and I'll pose the question to you: What would you rather have—a great system
4: or a great player? Uh, that's a tough one to answer because I mean, a great system can kind of supersede any great player, right? Be- because um, because that's I,
3: the only way the Celtics win this series is if their yeah. system is greater than LeBron James well, and, it's, I, I, and it's never been done before.
4: I, I mean, look, the, ultimately I think you'd like to have the combination. I think you look at the New England Patriots and they're like a combination of that. They have the greatest player and they have maybe the greatest system in the NFL. And that's why they've been able to have su- sustained success with, with the Celtics. I mean, it's, it's hard to be there. Like I, I still, again, going back to our initial question, what's the pulse of the Cavs fans? I don't think people are overly surprised. I think we we watched how the beginning of that game started, and got they got the sense that like things weren't going to be going their way, and this was just one that they're going to chalk up as a loss, move on. You have six other games. You're still going to have another you know few opportunities to steal one in Boston, and and also I, I feel like it's kind of like at, at the beginning of a heavyweight fight. How many times early on do you see people kind of playing cat and mouse, yeah. right? It's, it's a feeling-out process, exactly. I mean, don't you feel like part of that? If you're, you know, Tyrone Lou and, and the Cleveland Cavs, is okay. How are they going to defend LeBron? How are they going to try to play this team? And and getting a sense of that throughout Game One, because throughout the course of a half, you can hide some things, but not the enti- not the entire game. I think you make some adjustments. You see how they handle them, and and look now at this point, they've got a pretty good idea of what Boston's going to do. And I would be shocked if they got outside of some of the stuff that they did and who the matchups are going to be. Um, So I think Game 2 is going to be much, much more competitive.
3: Well, I'm expecting LeBron James to go for 90 in Game 2.
4: Like right. I, I think LeBron
3: right. James is going to try and go for 90 points in game two. That's that's what I, I'm looking forward to because I want to see how he handles being down, being embarrassed, the way that they were, the worst game so far for him in the playoffs at Boston after Marcus Morris talked all that trash or not really trash, but just pointed out some some things that he thought he could do against LeBron James. And he went out and he played better than him. LeBron James. Yeah, he, he outplayed him. So that's I want to see how LeBron reacts. In game two. That's my favorite. When when you piss off an all-time great player and you know they've got to come out and play better, I want to see how he performs in game two. Here's the only thing I'll say. When Toronto had a lead against Cleveland, and those were few and far between, when Toronto had a lead against Cleveland, Toronto's the type of team to where they have, say they have a lead against Cleveland, they don't play the kind of defense to where you're like, ooh, this is going to be really tough to get back into this thing. Yeah the Celtics play that kind of defense. And yep. and they've got a coach who who knows how to manage those type of situations. So when the lead got up and and it got to 15, 16, and then it got back to 20 or 21 in, in the start of the fourth quarter, I mean, that was a wrap, man. It, it was over because they're just not going to have that many leaks, that many possessions in a row for Cleveland to get back into this game. So if it happens again in game two where they get down by that much – Boston plays a type of defense where it's going to be over early. And then you're looking at, at an 0-2 hole, and Game 3 is a must-win, which, by the way, is, I believe, a week and a half after Game 2. You see the scheduling of this series? Game 2 is on a Tuesday. Game 3 is on a Saturday. the hell is that?
4: Well, they're trying to do all they can to allow King James the opportunity to go to another final. Of course. <laughs> by the way, the some NBA, of the calls. The NBA <laughs> is, is about players, of not systems. Of course. You know how that is. Yes. Although, to your point... I think it's a combination of their defense, but with a faster pace of play, right? Like, if, if I'm the, if I'm Brad Stevens in the Celtics, I'm going to push the tempo as much as I can on the offensive end. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to attack the rim. I'm going to attack the interior and try to get some easy shots and put a lot of pressure, much like they did in Game 1, on LeBron. Like, th- this isn't, to me, a game where or a matchup where I think – you've got to shoot really, really well behind the three-point arc, even though I, obviously that helps, right? It's the NBA. It's where we're at nowadays. I just think if you can continually, continually do what they did early on, and then even, as you mentioned, in the fourth quarter, where they came out and they scored the three straight possessions, you know, got stops, went down and scored, got a stop, went down and scored. If you could consistently do that, you, know, you put so much pressure on LeBron and really the Cavs to be able to find a way of just scoring points and to match them defensively, I, I just I don't think they can do it, and I think it it's what makes LeBron a little bit gassed, right? Yeah, he's I mean, got to do At this everything. age. He's got to do everything, yeah. and I think and throughout every series, with the exception of maybe you know the last series, you know where, where you sweep Toronto, but even doing that, he was still a huge piece of it. You're curious about LeBron. I'm kind of curious about Kevin Love. Because I feel like Kevin Love's going to have to step up and play like that other superstar, He played, like we talked about before. He
3: played well against Toronto. I will give him that. But there yeah. were times during the Pacers series where he was the Bermuda Triangle. Nobody knew
4: where the hell he was. But the times when he was on were the games they won. Yeah. And, and usually that was the correlation. Like, I think that's kind of the deal, as we discussed. Like, you need a Batman and Robin. You know, you've got to have the Avengers, man. It can't just be... Uh, Superman. I don't I don't think it's really hard to win that way in the NBA nowadays.
3: Let me ask you this, though, so from a player standpoint. You played against a lot of great Ravens defenses, right? Yeah. Okay, and I'm not trying to compare Boston's defense to an all-time Ravens defense, but just psychologically, when you're a quarterback, and say you're LeBron James or you're a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you get down big in a game, and you realize in order to get back into the game with the season on the line, You've got to go up against that defense. What the hell are you thinking?
4: It's it's not that you're thinking that. I think the, the hard thing is, is when you're going up against a really, really good defensive team, and then they get up on you, you're only playing more and more yeah. under their hand, where you have to force yourself to do things that you're not comfortable with, and maybe things that you aren't even good at. And then that's the tough part is <laughs> when you have to start playing other people's game, um, that's that's typically where things just go all right, and that's, that's where you're going gonna to have a lot of bad beats, a lot of bad losses, and it's it's going to look ugly. I mean, there's a chance you can come back, but for the most part, um, that's where the score gets wet hand, and that's where the boobirds come start coming out pretty early.
3: Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. As we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, uh, if you want to make sure that your tweet is not read on the air, you can tweet me at the Jonas Knox. Coming up next, though, there was a. Uh, There was some stuff that came out regarding several quarterbacks in the NFL. All right, several quarterbacks in the NFL and a glimpse into the future. Wait till you hear what that is next on FSR. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes from now, we are going to get into some numbers surrounding several quarterbacks in the NFL, some interesting stuff that came out uh, over the past couple of days, so we'll have that for you here in just a couple of minutes. We do want to let you know we are brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. granger has got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh, Brady Quinn and I were uh, bragging during the break about how we haven't seen Black Panther or uh, what is it? uh, That's that's Avengers. uh, What's the Avenger movie? I I haven't seen the Avengers.
4: Infinity War.
3: Oh, yeah. Avengers, Ultimate Warriors or whatever.
4: Um, No, I, I told Bobo. He's been trying to get me to watch Black Panther forever, ever since it came out. And I finally had the opportunity since I was traveling on a long flight internationally. And uh, he's like, what do you think? I said, well, I fell asleep an hour into it. Um, so, I'm, I mean, look, I'm not sure if that says something a little bit about the film yeah. or just how tired I was. No, that, it's a film. Yeah, because here's the thing is I watched the movie before that. So, again, like it, that movie kept my attention. Yeah. Um, so it was, wait, it wasn't even your first choice? No, no, it definitely wasn't. Okay, I got I to gotta find <laughs> yeah. out
2: what was the movie you watched before Black Panther?
4: I, here's the thing: is it had been awful because there weren't many options. Like I, I want to say Black Panther might have been like my second to last option. I watched like three movies. Okay, so what were the three movies? I'm, I think Thor was in there, the newer Thor. He's trying to, um, he's
3: trying to work this into a racial angle,
4: and I can already tell that's what he's doing. He he he's trying to,
3: he's trying to paint you into a corner to say that you watched all white movies instead of Black Panther. So what do well, do? I do think it's at this kind of point there's like, a better my... chance of Brady becoming a Black Panther than watching the movie. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest here. <laughs> my, my
4: my family's from Ireland. That was part of like going to to Ireland, kind of facing Bachelor Roots. <laughs> so you couldn't
3: watch and... Black Panther because you were going no, to Ireland. No, <laughs> no, 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 I don't have to pay attention so, for the
4: first one, I think the first one I watched was a commuter, like with, with Liam Neeson, who I don't even, I, I don't know, I think he's an Irish. Or he played an Irish guy in the movie I watched, but. Uh, it was just kind of interesting. No, I eventually got there. I more didn't want to watch the movie because I didn't want to actually have the discussion with Bobo if I did or didn't like it. Because then, when I when I, like once I watched, I'm be like, all right, now I have to be critical of it. I, I didn't think there was well, much plot. It's like, I don't know. Anyway, the movie
3: stinks. I mean, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't as,
4: it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But it was well, well short of the praise that Bobo has given it. I'll just it put it that really way. It was a really great mm-hmm. movie. That is that that is hyperbole. Right. I'll just I'll leave it at that.
3: But can we not talk about the Black Panther? The
4: no, we, we already
3: God. started
2: right now. That's the whole segment is going to be about Black Panther. now.
4: All
3: right. Well, let's get into the NFL and gambling. <laughs> all right. The only thing greater than that oh, yeah. is the NFL and NFL. gambling. Um, Brady Quinn. Yes, sir. So Bovada. I don't know if you're familiar with Bovada. I'm personally am not. I have no idea I, what Bovada I don't is. Know what that is. And first of all, it's not up on my screen right now. You're a liar if you're accusing me of that. Bovada, the gambling website, came out with their over unders for the first-round draft picks, the rookie quarterbacks, how many games they're going to start in the NFL. And I thought a couple of these were interesting because they show some... If you actually pay attention to the numbers, they show some things. So here, here's how it breaks down. Josh Allen of the Bills is projected... His over-under is set at 10.5. Baker Mayfield is at 9.5. Josh Rosen is at 8.5. Sam Darnold at 5.5. And Lamar Jackson is at a half game. Um, when you see... Josh Allen at 10 and a half, you've told me, and by the way, we're talking over under win total. Get your minds out of the gutter. Um, you've told me <laughs> that there's going to be sort of an Adonis effect where when he gets on the field and he's next to A.J. McCarron, they're going to go, who's this guy's little brother? <laughs> like, yeah. like and, and to me, if that's the case, I'm hammering the over on 10 and a half games here.
4: I would think the same. I mean, I think A.J. McCarron will get maybe the first crack at it if he can hold off Josh Allen. But you have to look at it this way. Both of them are dealing with a new offensive system. It's not like he's the incumbent, right? Yeah. And it's not like they really even paid him. I mean, A.J. McCarron signed somewhat of a a pretty economical deal to go there as a free agent. Like, that market Mm -hmm. dried up for him in a heartbeat. So if, if I was a betting man, I would say you're easily taking the over on Josh Allen. And I and I can only wait to hear the buzz that's gonna be, you know, proceed preceded by, you know, his preseason performance, his, you know, off season performance and all that. Like you're gonna start hearing it and, and he you know, he might be a player that ends up starting maybe before he should, just because of the lack of competition that's on that roster.
3: Uh Baker Mayfield at nine and a half. Um I would take the under and here's why. First of all, Tyrod Taylor's a quality quarterback. Um, I mean, Agreed. And, and he doesn't turn the ball over. Hugh Jackson's got to save his job because, and he needs to win games to save his job. So unless I would think somebody from the front office demanded that Baker Mayfield get in there or the or the Browns are 0-8 at that point, then I see them going to Baker Mayfield. Also, has Tyra Taylor ever had the weaponry around him that he's going to have in Cleveland during his career and he's already a quality quarterback? I think Tyra Taylor is going to have a good year.
4: I think he's got the potential to have a really good year, maybe his best year because of that point. I think the other thing you have to look at is, is you know, John Dorsey obviously is the, is the brain trust or part of the brain trust behind drafting Baker Mayfield, behind signing Tyrod Taylor. Like as much as we want to make a big deal about them taking Mayfield number one overall, he also decided to, to go, you know, get Tyrod Taylor. So I think he's probably looking at much similar to what he did last year with the Kansas City Chiefs, Right. Before he ended up leaving and all that, he set it up where it was going to be Alex Smith's show, and they have the quarterback in the future and Patrick Mahomes, where they traded up to get him in the first round. I think he they probably see it very similar. It's it's contingent upon this. Mayfield will start more than nine and a half games if the Browns don't win with Tyrod early on. Like honestly, Tyrod could play decent, and if they end up being three and one or four and two, something like that. Uh, regardless of how he's playing, as long as they're winning, he's going to satisfy the fans, he's going to satisfy the media, and probably the coaching staff, right? I mean, this is a coaching staff that's, with the exception of Todd Haley, who's now their offensive coordinator, they've gone 1-31 the past two yeah. years. So it all comes down to how the team's playing, and that's why it's kind of a wild card, to be honest with you. And And I think Tyrod could have a good year, but is that enough to get them wins? If you look at their schedule, Jonas, it's pretty tough. Like it, it's not an easy schedule, so that's one that I, I'm a little bit more on the fence on, and I think I'd probably be betting more for the under than I would the over if I was uh, if I was picking Mayfield, but it'd be close.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, Josh Rosen at eight and a half, I would I would take the under, but I would take it reluctantly. Um, like when Sam Bradford is healthy, and that's a big if. He's had some pretty good years, and and yep. he's had some good moments, and I know that. And there 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 are some weapons there, all right? They're not the most loaded offensive team in the league, but there are still some weapons there that that are really good football players that Sam Bradford's gonna have to work with. And I know that the only issue is health. Here's the thing that that I look at and it concerns me. The over under on win totals for Arizona is five and a half. Just seeing that when I saw it earlier this week, the, the what I thought about was, oh, I would hammer the over, but then I kind of t- <laughs> I took a step back and I said, Man, if it's that low, some people in Vegas don't have a lot of faith in this team. So if you don't have a lot of faith in this team, and similar to the Cleveland, if they're losing, then I would think that Josh Rosen would get the bulk of the starts during the year.
4: Well, I'm not ready to go that far, Lynn, because I do think Sam Bradford, if healthy, can play really effective. Um, you know, go back to his last two years, uh, like 2015 when he was, when he great. was with Philly. He was, he was pretty solid. That was one of his better statistical years. It was only 14 starts, but... Um, you know he played pretty solid when he got you know, kind of thrusted into um, a, a new system, new offense and all that played pretty well. Then you go to 2016, all of a sudden he ends up as the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean leads the league in completion percentage. I mean think about that as a, as a four to one touchdown to interception ratio. So he 's kind of exhibiting all the things that I think you 're looking for in a starter, and now with Larry Fitzgerald still. They've got a guy in Christian Kirk who's a rookie out of Texas AM who's got some ability to an upside. And guess what? He's not going to have to do it all because David Johnson's back, and he's a dual threat back out of the backfield, running and catching the football. So I, I like the chances of Sam Bradford starting at least at least nine games this year. And depending on how things go, you know maybe it's 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 a, it's a scenario where if they're not in the playoff hunt, and that's very likely considering how good the Rams look. I don't think the Seattle Seahawks are going to be as bad as people think. Um, You know, when you take into into consideration those things, by the way, the 49ers could be one of the the sneaky teams this year that ends up taking a big jump. Um, I think when you take into account that and you look at, you know, maybe if they're out of the playoff hunt after, you know, 11 games, something like that, then you go ahead and you get Josh Rosen some experience, you see what he's capable of. Maybe he gives you a spark.
3: Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, uh, here, at Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. All right, so we have a couple of more of these. So Bovada's released these over under on starts for rookie quarterbacks in the NFL. There's one where it just it, it goes to show the complete hypocrisy and the ball washing by the media for one quarterback. Right. So we're going to show that to you next here on Fox Sports Radio. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, you go ahead and you relax. You sit back. You tell mom you appreciate everything she's done for you and then you tell everybody in the car to <laughs> sh- 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 It's Steve to <laughs> say.
0: <laughs> okay, good evening. Can I speak or everybody has to Okay, I'll talk. Uh Good evening, everyone. Eastern Conference Finals open at Boston today, and the Celtics ripped Cleveland 108-83. Celtics led late first quarter 32-11. to That included a 17 nothing run. The Cavs from three-point range were four for 26. LeBron James 0-5 from long distance. He finished with 15 points, nine assists, seven turnovers for James. He had eight turnovers total in the last series against Toronto. Head coach Tyron Lue with the media afterwards.
1: Where do you start with this one? we lost
0: well there you go to the nhl playoffs <laughs> caps tied 2-2 at tampa bay mid-second period in golf at the players tiger woods side for 11th place 11 under par that included a late double bogey woods was seven shots back dustin johnson eight behind johnson no longer ranked number one in the world justin thomas is webb simpson today's winner by four strokes he gets nearly two million dollars for winning this one tournament Former NFL coach Chuck Knox passed away at the age of 86. He was the NFL Coach of the Year with the Seahawks in 1983 and 1984. With the L.A. Rams in the 1970s, Knox won the NFC West five straight years. Baseball tonight, Bryce Harper with a long home run at Arizona, about 450 feet. Washington leads 3-1 over the Diamondbacks, top of the fifth inning. Angels and Padres each won, and the Reds won their sixth straight game, 5-3 at L.A. The Dodgers have lost seven of their last eight. Back to you.
3: Uh, Thanks, Steve. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Uh, I have it on good authority. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio, we are going to hear from Live Bet Jesus. Um, I heard a whisper in the wind a short time ago. Plus, we're going to take you live to Ireland. And I know what you're thinking. Well, that's really expensive. We can't afford Ireland. It's on us. All right, we will take you live to Ireland in about 13 minutes from now, don't go anywhere if you've never been to Ireland. How about that? For a tease. That will not live up to it. Um, all right. <laughs> so uh, I w- so we're getting back to these uh, rookie quarterback over-under star totals that came out from Bovada. And uh, so Josh Allen at 10.5, Baker Mayfield at 9.5, Josh Rosen at 8.5. The other one, uh, there are two more uh, out of the first round. So Sam Darnold was put at 5.5. Um, I would take the over. And here's what I find funny about this. So, what do Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold both have something in common? They're both the backup quarterback to a guy who seems like he gets injured every single year. Josh yep. McCown is always injured. So then, why is this over under total? It starts for Sam Darnold at five and a half. To me, <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. Okay, but to me, if that's the number, either somebody effed up in in Vegas putting these lines out, or there are people that believe that he's just nowhere close to being as ready to play as Josh, Josh Rosen.
4: I think there's a number of things you have to to take into consideration. And and this is really what baffles me most. Okay. Because I, w- I would say schedule, right? And if you look at their schedule, the only thing that I could think really works against them is, you know, they play three of the first four on the road. So you're probably thinking, all right, we don't want to thrust a rookie quarterback at the beginning of the season to start before he's ready Three of the four on the road, and and in those you know three road games, it's Detroit to start off the season. Now you go to Cleveland, which you know I, I don't know that anyone's you know doesn't want their their you know rookie quarterback to start versus Cleveland. Maybe it's just again more the road factor, and then the back end of that back to back road game uh, is Jacksonville. And by the way, that that road game against Cleveland isn't a short week; that is th- Thursday night. So you know it, it's it's tough for a rookie to be able to prepare in that amount of time. So maybe that's part of it. Then they got a stretch of three home games, and then they go again back-to-back road games. So, you know, I'm not sure if it's more because of how the schedule sets up, and it wouldn't necessarily be a great time to try to throw in a rookie that early on playing so many games on the road. The hard part is, think about the AFC's division. New England's who you're always battling against. They don't play New England, all right, until week 12 of the NFL season. And they play them twice. They play them week 12, and they finish in week 17. And then to the earlier point about being on the road, they go back-to-back on the road versus Tennessee and Buffalo. Then they play Houston, who's going to be much better this year, with Watson back, Watt back, Whitney Merciless back, and some of the additions that they made, and then Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers back. So uh, I think the way their schedule shapes up, I'm not sure why that number's so low, because there's really no good point in time to put in Sam Darnold uh, if you're trying to see what you, you have in him. You just got to put him in there, let him play, and hopefully the piece that around him will help him. Uh, I know Todd Bowles was reluctant to do it, you know, last year with, with Christian Hackenberg. We haven't seen him yet, uh, in two years as a second round pick. I think it's gonna be a little bit different with Sam Darnold. This would be one where I'd hammer the over.
3: Yeah, I, I just I thought it was funny because Rosen and Darnold are pretty much in identical situations where they're they're high draft picks and they're playing behind quarterbacks on short term deals who are always injured. So why the hell is one three games more oh, than the other? You tell
4: it. me too. Which media market is going to manipulate? Oh, of course. Oh, what that on. Franchise? Does. I didn't
3: even think Phoenix has a media market. I mean, <laughs> like I don't think any. I never. I, I mean, outside of uh, the radio stations and and Jody and MJ, my guys over there in Phoenix, the host. I don't know who the hell's there.
4: I just I can't imagine there being this this huge uh, group of Cardinals fans who are really clamoring for Rosen, especially the way he's kind of you know. Uh, I don't know, characterized himself or the image that he's created about himself. You know, Sam Darnold seems to be a guy that I think people are kind of rooting for and they're pushing for even more so to get in if McCown goes out. And this is a roster that's devoid of talent. So I think Josh McCown probably has the toughest battle of, well, not of any quarterback. Because I would think if Agent McCarron ended up being the guy in Buffalo early on, you know, he's the one that's going to get overtaken faster. But Josh McCown would be right there too. And that has a lot to do with the pieces that out out around him.
3: Uh, Lamar Jackson at a half game. I would, I would, I would throw everything I have, and I will. Are we on air? I will throw everything <laughs> I have at the over of a half game. I think he's. I think he will blow past that. I really, really do.
4: I, I agree. I, I'm kind of thinking to myself, look, there's a reason why Ozzie Newsom made this pick in the first place. People can talk about how, oh well, that was maybe. You know, Aussie's last draft, and it's more about the future. Come on, man. Come on. It's, it's the, the Ravens are going to be one of two positions, right? Like Vegas and the people who are putting together this over-under are probably saying to themselves, they think the AFC playoff picture is going to be tight. They think the Baltimore Ravens team, with the additions that they made, looking at their schedule, there's probably a pretty good chance that they're going to be in the hunt. So you're not going to see this Lamar Jackson goes in to start a game because, you know, they want to see what they have in him and there's really nothing to play for. They think that the Ravens are going to be playing meaningful games deep in the season. The only thing that, you know, I kind of look at and say, you know, Joe Flacco's been relatively healthy his entire career. Yeah, I mean, literally, he's only missed six starts, you know, back in, what, 2015, I think. That was it. Yeah, because of, of the knee injury. Six games that season because the knee. Although then, I,
3: I will say, because of that Don Joy he wears that always yeah. pops out to the side, like his <sighs> knee brace that always malfunctions. That's, that's that those, not a slide. It, could
4: those could those be considered injuries? Uh, could we chop those up in the injury They're report? They're painful to watch, but I, I don't think we can <laughs> consider <them> an <laughs> injury. So weird. Um, but I think that's the other piece of it, right? Like the fact that they'll be competitive. They typically are, and then Joe Flacco doesn't really miss games, so it might not come due to injury. Now. I said this when they drafted Lamar Jackson. Besides the fact that he's a guy that is a completely different player and could really change things up there, uh, as far as the the dynamics of their offense, you know, maybe his back isn't quite as healthy or isn't quite as good as you know what Joe Flack or the Ravens led on to believe. Because remember, before last season, he really didn't do much in training camp yeah. before the season. His back was bothering him. He made it through the year, but just didn't look quite the same. I'm I'm wondering if this is a hedge against that where all of a sudden if he has some back issues this year, they've got a talented guy who can go in and win them some football games. But I'm with you. I, for all the reasons I stated are reasons why you wouldn't take that bet, I would still take the over. Yeah, I think I he starts at least one game, if not two or three. Because
3: it could be a Patrick Mahomes situation where you start in Week 17 because you already clinched a spot like Kansas City did, and what do you got to lose? And, and you hit well, your the, over. The,
4: the problem is they're not clinching a spot. right? That's going to go to Pittsburgh. So that, like, that, that's kind of the reason why I pointed out before – Yeah. They're not, they're not going to be clinching a spot. They'll be in contention, which is why they wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, but there's a chance, too, that they could be out. If you, if you Again, if you go back, look at their schedule and how things could potentially play out, there's a chance that they could be out of it by then. And maybe at that point, they want to take a little dip into the future. But, again, their schedule shakes out fairly easy. Uh, but guess who their last game of the season is, is against this year? Who? Oh. The Cleveland Browns. Uh-oh. So, and they got, they got them at home. So it wouldn't be a bad game to start him if you were in the position where you already have a wild card spot locked up.
3: Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next, we will hear from Live Bet Jesus. If you've never heard Live Bet Jesus before, you do not want to miss it. Plus, we're taking you to Ireland. Seriously. That's next year on FSR.
1: There's a better way to buy home insurance
3: with Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer tool. Get a custom quote and a great rate all online. See for yourself how much you could save at Progressive.com. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up here in just a uh, matter of moments, whenever he decides to show up, we don't know when that is. We don't make his schedule. Live Bet Jesus will be here uh, momentarily here on Fox Sports Radio. A very cocky Live Bet Jesus, by the way. Did you happen to see what he just tweeted out, Brady Quinn?
4: I did not and he didn't win last week, right didn't no lose? no
3: I, I, that was his first loss in six weeks in a while um yeah. but still he he seems like uh no big deal you just get get up, dust yourself up and and go back to the sports book uh he sent the following, and if you think we have any control over live bet jesus, you're an idiot um sorry about that, uh but just he did live, live he, bet jesus. he did he did send the following tweet out uh courtesy of his Twitter account that I do not control at live bet Jesus. And it said uh, quote, Good evening, my followers. While you celebrate your wonderful mothers on this fine Sunday, remember to turn on Fox Sports Radio with Brady Quinn and Jonas Knox next. Let her hear why you could afford her gift today. Ooh that, that, I mean, you talk about
4: like laying it on the table yeah, and say this is yeah. what I'm working with. Daggers. Yeah. Throwing it out there. Yeah, you know, kind I of mean a measuring stick. He's, good he's the type God. of guy that loves going to troughs. In those public restrooms. Yeah. Loves it. I got news for you. He ain't alone.
3: No. <laughs> oh, we are on. Sorry about that. Um, all right. So uh, whenever he decides to show up, like, what, what do you think when he's getting ready to make his entrance, when do you think he figures out the time that he's, that he, that, that he knows the right time to pop in? Yeah. Like, like yeah. what do you, what do you, you think know, he goes through?
4: I, I think he thinks like this. Um, end of an hour, right? because typically I tend to be critical of his mm-hmm. picks, so it limits the amount of response that I can have back, because there is some of that, right? He, he's chosen our show to reveal these picks on, so he knows that I tend to be a little bit more critical, a little, little tougher on him. You're kind of a, a softy, if you will. Real soft. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, real okay. soft on him. Uh, so yeah. he, uh, you know, I think he waits till the end of the hour. I think he's looking for whatever live game is going on, and, and as you and I have discussed, typically not the national game typically not the one that everyone's watching hmm. because he wants people to listen to our show and listen to whatever advice he has that he has going on, not what, what else might be on TV.
3: Nobody G. Oh, good God. I think you pissed him off, man. Oh, my God. The lights are out in the studio. And except we don't have a generator like Brady does because he's so rich. Um, oh, my God. This is unbelievable. The lights are out in the studio. It is completely pitch black. I cannot see a damn thing. Where did Bobo go? It is unbelievable in here. There is All I just see is there is a shining light into the studio here. There seems to be a piece of debris floating down. Maybe that's some of the ash from the volcano in Hawaii. I don't know. I can't see. Oh, no, it's a piece of paper. Here it comes. It is floating down onto the desk here. Uh, it is, uh, I, am, I am monitoring. it. It is getting closer to me. It's getting closer to me. Who's touching me? Oh, that's me. It is getting closer <laughs> and closer, and it is now on the desk here. I have the piece of paper in my hand. I do not know what's inside of it, but I will read its contents now live on the air. If you think this is all a radio bit, I'm telling you, it is not. He shows up every week. We've never met him. We don't know who the hell this guy is. He's been on fire as of late. So let me open this up on the air. It is tonight, on the 13th day of May, 2018, on this fine Mother's Day, that I, Live Bet Jesus, proclaim the pick to be the lightning on the money line over the Capitals. So there it is. Little NHL, huh? That's shocking. uh, Typically,
4: Live Bet Jesus stays away from uh, hockey. But look it, it's a 2-2 game. Yeah, it's a tie right? game, so it's up in, in the, the air. second period. Yeah. So it, it's up in the air, who knows. Yeah, interesting. So uh so there did, there's uh, the pick. Did you see by the way how the Tampa Bay <laughs> Lightning were were dying the body of water like right outside one of the main arenas blue? Did, did you see that? Why? Uh, I, I have no idea. It might be the dumbest thing that I I've ever seen. Man, they why were would literally you dying it blue. Like it's, like it's not already
3: blue. Yeah, I know. It's like it's like Eskimos painting their ice white. Like, yeah, I, hey, dummy, I, what are you doing? <laughs> Go back in the
4: igloo and uh,
3: and get depressed.
4: I'm, I'm sure all the fish really appreciate it, too. Right? <laughs> like, 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 what are you doing? Like, what are you dumping in the water right now?
3: <laughs> all Idiots. right. Um, Brady, you went to Ireland. All right, yeah. we got a couple of minutes yeah. here. I want to hear. I, I need a story every hour from Ireland. All right, so oh, so gosh. take. Do we have any Irish music we can play? I know we have a live studio band. Bobo loves this when I just throw sound on him out of nowhere, and he has to swipe uh, close down bumble all the all the way together, <laughs> and he can no longer look at that little B that pops up on the screen. And I don't know because I was never on it, but. um If We we have an Irish band in studio that Brady brought back with us. He actually shipped it back to here in Sherman Oaks, California. They are here. They've got uh, whatever bagpipes or whatever the hell Irish uh, uh, bands play. Brady, what is Ireland like this time of year? You were there for a week. Give us one story, and you can provide us
4: one story an hour. Okay. One story an hour. Well, I'll start off by saying this. What is it like this time of year? It's rainy. Okay. For, for people who haven't been to Ireland before, it's, it basically stays between like 40 and about 56 degrees, somewhere in there this time of year. It's, uh, it's pretty windy. It's really rainy. And that is about it, my friend. You don't see the sun a whole lot. Uh, but outside of that... I've never been to a place that's more friendly and more hospitable. The people there are amazing. The food is not as bad as you think. And the rumor about
3: Irish food sucks.
4: No, no, I'm telling you that that is such a misnomer because they they obviously have a ton of farming. Like that entire country is essentially all farmers. There's sheep everywhere. There's cows everywhere. They've got some good produce, some some good stuff. Um, So don't sleep on the food. I swear to you. And then the other thing is the Guinness does taste better. Like that, that whole rumor that the Guinness, for whatever reason, over there tastes better, 100% true. Something about it, I don't know what it is. We went to the factory there off, what, St. James Street, something like that. Oh, you
3: went to the actual factory? Yeah, we went to oh, the actual awesome. factory.
4: So it was, it was a really, really cool experience. Um, but one thing that you know, some people could use, and we noticed this at the St. James factory, they, uh, people like to drink their beer there, and they don't exercise a ton. Um, so there tend to be a lot of people just hanging out in the pubs, drinking a lot. I'll just I'll put it that way.
3: Yeah, gyms are probably hard to find there, huh? <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, You, you know, they, they'll they'll walk away to the bar, but they're not going to do much after that. So. Uh,
3: by uh, by the way, I, it just occurred to me. Um, so I've been wondering about this. Um, so in this segment, what we have done is a live bet. Jesus showed up and bet on a hockey game yep, that he's now yep. losing. By the way. Yep. And Brady just told a story about fat people in Ireland and Pops. <laughs> They're okay? thicker. They're yeah. thicker. It, it wasn't until this segment that I realized why we're buried on Sunday nights. <laughs> right, this is why. If you ever wondered whether or not people were listening to this show or whether or not this show carried some level of power and had something to do with crazy things that happen in sports, we were just proving that a few minutes ago. We'll tell you what that is coming up here in just a moment here as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Um, Brady Quinn, uh, what's happening, man? How's everything
4: going? Everything is great <laughs> yeah. in my world. I'm just watching this uh, this hockey game that my yeah. well, bet Jesus decided to place a bet on. It's so weird. Oh. Um, because you asked about like the timing of, of when he, you know, places these bets sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh he's he's got a knack for just putting in a bet at the wrong time. Yeah. Um I mean there was what, four minutes left? The second well, period. L- here's for people that are yeah.
3: just tuning in, all right, let let's catch up the new audience as to the screw job that is currently taking place. That again, yeah, I don't yeah. care because it doesn't affect me one way or the other. Um you got any money I can borrow? Um but <laughs> So the uh, Live Bet Jesus, who is a character on the show that Brady and I have never met, he shows up every single week and he bets on a live sporting event. He's been red hot as as of late. Last week he lost for the first time in a month and a half. But he bets on, and it could be any sport. During the NFL season, it's usually the Sunday night game. He's not very good at that at all. And then uh, after the season, he kind of ventures around to different sports. Let you know, lets them feel his presence, and he bets on him and gets him some notoriety. And so, Live Bet Jesus decided tonight. To a uh, short time ago, he decided to take a run at these at the hockey game that was going on. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Eastern Conference Finals between the Lightning and the Washington Capitals. And when he made the bet, the score was two two. And he bet the Lightning. And you would think, Brady, the Lightning got outclassed in Game 1. Game two's here. It's on home ice. Y- you got to have this one. You don't want to go back to Washington. Down two games to none in the series. And, um, and right after he decided to make that pick... <laughs> This happened on the Caps Radio Network.
2: Capitals pick it up with a fall light In front, they score! A pass on the right side, and Lars Zeller going top left corner. Count
4: one for the Tiger with one 2 to go. Second period, it's 3-2 Washington.
3: Now, you will think, a oh, big deal, it's one goal. It's yeah. one goal, he can overcome that. Live bet Jesus is fine. Except... About a minute and a half later, or whatever the hell it was, with no time on the clock in the second period, they scored again. It's now four-two, and Live Bet Jesus is two in the hole. Wrong term to use, but you know what I mean. Down two, goals. yeah. He's,
4: he's, yeah. Usually it's, yeah. Usually two in his hole. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just. It, it all depends. It all depends on how this series is going to play out. It, it's kind of been. It's kind of been a game of momentum, right? I mean, just ride Live Bet Jesus. Oh boy. Right, I I I've talked about a hole. I've really dug myself into a hole with this one. Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just pass. Yeah. Oh I'm, I'm going to pass the puck to you on this one All right. I, I feel like I've, I've dug myself into a hole. Hey. We'll see how this game plays out. All right. I'll, well, I'll put it that way. Yeah, we will uh we will move
3: off uh the game that is probably going to get us fired and move towards uh, another story cuz I think this needs to be talked about, Brady. All right. Th- this is this needs to be talked about. Now, the Celtics were dominant over the Cleveland Cavaliers earlier today and the game wasn't really all that close. Boston ended up winning by what 25 I think the final 108 to 83 I think the final was. Yeah. And so Boston takes a one nothing series lead. Now, you being a Cavs fan, you're not worried, right? Because not concerned. all Boston did was do what they were supposed to do and win at home. Yep. Okay, so I, there is an angle to this game that I don't think anybody's talking about. And I think I have a little bit of an idea why. And I just want to, I want to run this by you, okay, because uh, if nobody else is going to print up these toe tags, I will. All right, so get the shovels, and let's start burying someone here on the air. And I don't care who this offends. I don't care who it bothers. And I hope all our friends listening on the great AM570 LA Sports give this message to a certain couple of individuals who are getting a total free pass. So the, uh, the Celtics win this game, and you look at it and you go, man, Jason Tatum for the Celtics looks like a star in the making. I mean, he, for, for a rookie, for a guy as young as he was, played one year at Duke, he looks really, really good. He looks like he's totally unfazed by the moment. He's the leading scorer for the Celtics, who are now three games away from the NBA Finals. He looks like an outstanding player for the Boston Celtics. Now, the 76ers got buried because they traded with Boston from the three spot all the way to the one spot to take Markel Fultz. And Markel Fultz may as well shoot with his feet. He was awful this season. (laughs) He played zero minutes in the series against the Celtics. I don't even know if he played in the the first series uh, against Miami. Maybe he played a little bit. But he played zero minutes in the series against the Celtics. And so you look at it, and all we keep hearing about is, man, did the Sixers blow that pick. Oof. They traded away, and they go, oh, my God, Markel Fultz, looks, he could be a bust. And they traded away and gave up a draft pick, and the Celtics still ended up with their guy who they alleged they were going to take number one overall. Um, Why aren't the Lakers and Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka also getting buried for the fact that they thought Lonzo Ball was a better fit for their team than Jason Tatum? Why
4: isn't that happening? I, I have no idea. I, I It's like you know they, they had an opportunity to to be in that position to take him. I'm not sure if, if you look at the construct of that team and you feel like he wouldn't have fit. I don't know how you could feel that way. I mean, it, you'd be nuts to feel that way. I, honestly, I don't know why they get off the hook. Maybe because it's, it's magic, and he, and he tends to be seen a little bit more favorable in, in the L.A. You know, media market, in the L.A. light. Maybe I'm wrong in making that assumption, but I think he tends to get the benefit of the doubt because of his past success. People always have that to point back to.
3: Uh, I thought from the time when the pick was made that it was a PR pick, and I thought they were forced into that pick by Lavar Ball. And you can say whatever you want about Lavar Ball—that he has Ball. that much power. But, but I, it's I mean, not honestly. okay. It's not that he has that much power. It's he created a it, just an aura of Lonzo Ball. He created this aura of Lonzo Ball, and the Lakers are sitting there at two, and there wasn't even the idea of Jason Tatum. Who is by far and away a better professional player than Lonzo Ball is, and it's not even close, okay? And if you're gonna tell me, well, they've got Brandon Ingram. I got news for you. Jason Tatum is better than Brandon Ingram, okay? He's better than him too. If you're a bad team, and you hear this because you talk to general managers and you talk to people that run NFL teams, when you go into the draft and you're already a bad team, what's the strategy when you go make a pick?
4: Best player? Available. Yes.
3: How the Every hell time. How the hell could anybody think that Lonzo Ball, who shoots like a T-Rex, is better than Jason Tatum at that spot? And nobody says anything. Magic Johnson doesn't get any heat. Rob Palenka doesn't get any heat. And I think it's because of the ball washers in town here who want to make sure that they still have their club Nokia seats and their free tickets to go to Laker games. And so they just butter up Magic Johnson because he can do no wrong. They butchered the pick. It, it was the complete wrong pick all the way around. Everybody points fingers at the Sixers, and the Lakers have got no heat, and I do not understand it.
4: Would you say the upside, too, for Foltz... I mean, look, think of it this way. The success of the Sixers, right, and their draft picks, wouldn't you say they've, they've basically all all, all, all kind of panned out, right?
3: Yeah, no, Sarich, um, uh Embiid, Simmons, like they've actually kind of, it. It's kind of worked. Like the, well, yeah, this whole they've, process they've, thing, it's they've worked. They got into the conference yes.
4: semifinals, right? So, yes. So, Fultz, if we're betting on you know him panning out in the long run, are, 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 you can't be throwing in the towel on him yet. No, are you no, and okay. he and he's got a
3: he's got a higher ceiling than than Lonzo Ball does because he's a better offensive player than Lonzo
4: Ball is. Exactly. So, so my my bet too is as you look into the future, like. As much as the, the 76 are getting flack now um, for that pick, like it's only going to look better if they can get even more and more out of him considering where they were able to get through this season, right? Yeah. Um, so, And that's where you look at the Lakers. I, I'm not sure how much more. like He still needs a ton of talent out around him in order to, to be as an impactful player. Like he, He's not as good attacking the rim. He's not as good shooting. I mean, those are the things that I think nowadays, if you want to be a point guard in the NBA – as much as you want to be able to distribute, as much as you want to be able to run the offense, you still have to be a threat. And I think you know that's not just an outside opinion. I think people within the Lakers organization would say the same thing. Uh, about Lonzo Ball, right? It, I mean, that was one That was one criticism of him this year.
3: Well, I, and, I, and here's why I think it goes back to it. There's certain laziness that comes along with when teams get heat for certain things and other teams don't. Like, you know, you, you've you heard this. You do local spots there. We've talked about it on the show. The laziest thing you hear is, man, the Browns really blew it by not taking Carson Wentz. Well, a couple of things. One, Carson Wentz on that Browns roster last year. They wouldn't what, two games? How many games you give him? He's on that roster last year. Mm. I don't know. I mean, three. Oh yeah. Two. <laughs> so we're tired like like it's a big difference. It, it the things around him, but also the Rams passed up on him too. But yeah. I did. The Rams never got nearly as much heat. You know who always gets heat for passing up on Steph Curry? The Minnesota Timberwolves. So did Memphis and Sacramento. Memphis took Cassim to beat or whatever the hell, which which <laughs> s- sounds like uh, a, a restaurant somewhere, but they took him. And Sacramento passed up on him too, but it's only the Timberwolves who get labeled, man, they took so-and-so and and -and so-and-so instead of Steph Curry. I, I don't understand why some teams get criticized for making moves that other teams also make, but they get none of the heat. I don't understand it, and this is another example where the Lakers did exactly the same thing the Sixers did, probably worse, and you don't hear them attached to passing on Jason Tatum like the Sixers did.
4: And Again, I don't know really how you make sense of it. I'm not sure if it's just more the relationships with some of the media and that specific market. I mean, think about it. You're also talking about an East Coast, West Coast dynamic. Yeah. How many times do you feel like a, a organization in any professional sport has glowing remarks from the media market? I mean, it, without the success the New England Patriots have had, how do you think the Boston media market would, oh, handle, would handle Bill Belichick? <laughs> oh, Pro- probably differently, right? Because he gets the benefit of the doubt because of his success. I think in the West Coast, oftentimes, not that people aren't as critical. I think the tone's different. And I think the tone's different in Philly because it's more East Coast, because of how things kind of worked out for them this year. Uh, but it, it should be more of that in LA. I just I don't think those words has have as much bite on it out there.
3: Um what was the worst before we get to break? So you so you played uh Cleveland, Kansas City, Denver, um, New York, little time in Seattle, am I missing anybody? Miami a little time. Yeah. Um how well, the, be- jets. How, okay. the Jets. the Jets were by far. Okay, well, what's it, what is it? Did, when did you get there? And you was it? You got to the first press conference or the first scrum after a practice, and there was just like ten times more cameras than there
4: were in Denver. Um, I, it, it wasn't like there was more media. I think you know it's a bigger market, so you tend to notice that. I, I think it was just the the pointed questions. Um, you know when you talk about smaller markets like Cleveland, like Kansas City. I don't want to throw Denver in there because I, it, there's some people who were like that. Some weren't. Um, but in New York, the the questions are so much more pointed. I mean, it, you got, you got the the sense that everyone's trying to draw something <laughs> me, out of you. Give me or an trying example. Controversy. Give me an example, please. Uh, uh, well, you know, it, it's like people asking about people's attitude at practice uh, and then following up on that. Like, you know, typically you're going to give a standard response, you know, answer, you know, hey, I was, focusing on what I was trying to do and all this kind of stuff. And they're going to say, well, well, you didn't notice them. You're throwing to them. Oh. You're in one-on-one drills with them. And they oh, kind of like browbeat you to death about it because, you know, they don't really care to have a relationship with you outside of stuff. You know, in, in the smaller markets, um, I think it, it, there tends to be more of this idea that, look, I'm probably going to see this guy at another charity event or somewhere else. And, and, and I'd like to kind of help the team. I'm a fan of the team. I think most people who work in you know, New York, L.A., those media markets, I wouldn't say they're always fans. I think you know, that might be the case, but I think they're usually there because they're really good at their job, yeah. and their job tends to be that of being critical of those who are in a, in a position of power or those who are in the position to be able to be decision makers. And so a lot of times it comes off like they aren't a fan, maybe where, even when they are, and, and they, should te- they should be more critical in those places. That's not always the case, though.
3: Uh, Brady Quinn Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next, though, um, in reg- this may be the best job in the NFL. I'm gonna I'm gonna pose a question to Brady Quinn involving an NFL franchise who I think has two of the best jobs in the entire sport. We'll tell you what that is next on FSR. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio, alongside Brady Quinn here.
4: <laughs> yeah, one of the all time greats right here, Jonas. Who's that, Ovechkin? <laughs> no. Talking about Stevie Wonder, man. Oh, okay. It's his birthday today. All right. Yeah. Not doing it, man. Bobo <laughs> uh, Bobo is celebrating it. Yeah, uh, of course he is.
3: He's got his hey, little thing as going my on. my friend, now. we cool. I'm wishing my man a happy birthday. Yeah, happy hey, birthday, okay, Stevie. if Stevie Wonder's why, your why, friend. Why
4: does is, is Bobo act like he's friends with everyone? He always does this.
3: Yeah, he, he's such a name dropper.
4: He's like, no, 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 he's my cousin. He, he, he's he's well, my guy. actually, Stevie Wonder owns the
2: other radio station that
4: I work for. So you talk to him all the time. Quite often. Oh, okay, what's quite often? He has no idea what you look like, man. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Am I lying? That is accurate. He, he, I mean, unless he like felt your face, but gosh, that is unbelievable. Him too, huh?
3: Um, <laughs> yeah, but I said so. Bobo goes on social media by my 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 guy uh, Stevie Wonder's his birthday, and it's just such a name dropper, man. Like, why do you ever brag that you know Brady and I?
2: And I do, on. but then... Oh, person, that's right. He
3: does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Brady doesn't, he does reply. Exactly he doesn't respond back yeah. to anything that I do, so... Uh, By the way, yeah. if you
4: want to feel well, low about off.
3: yourself, tag Brady in a tweet or an Instagram <laughs> post, because he won't reply,
4: period. First off, Bobo, you wear weightlifting gloves. We, we've
1: been over this. <laughs> oh, so you can't and respond then, to somebody and who then wears you gloves? Send,
4: and then you send videos to us. I think, what, you're, like, sliding in our DMs <laughs> with these videos. He is. With you wearing weightlifting gloves, man. Like, I just... And here's the thing is, I don't check it all that often, but clearly Bobo's un- enough <laughs> where he's, he's upset if I don't respond in 24 hours. No, I wasn't even in the country. I didn't even have a data plan for a while.
3: Well, it, I will give him credit, though. At least he ditched the gloves, and and, and he was for doing deadlifts. He yeah. was doing deadlifts barehanded. Like, that's that's how good. you, yeah, like, you, you that's need what to, men do. Like, when you, you know you've really been hitting the gym, you know you've been moving some iron. When you walk around and the calluses on your hand – Feel like Braille, just yeah, you can they, you can just feel it on your hand. Like that's when you know you're moving some. Iron.
4: Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah.
3: yeah, good for you. I, I feel it him. too. I you mean, can yours tell
4: a I lot mean. when you shake guys' hand. You yes, know? absolutely.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> <I> <laughs> we migrate away from that subject. <laughs> uh, we do want to let you know, uh, uh nice Jonas Knox, Brady like Quinn. <laughs> uh, we are brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. granger has got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. So the um, the NF so Bovada came out with these first round quarterback over under start totals. Like how many how many games are these quarterbacks gonna start their first year in the NFL? And so the first the the numbers that came out were Josh Allen at ten and a half, Baker Mayfield at nine and a half, Josh Rosen at eight and a half, Sam Darnold five and a half, Lamar Jackson at half. Of all of those situations where you've got Josh Allen and Buffalo and Mayfield and Rosen and Darnold and Jackson, I would say which coach which coach needs a really good season the most, would you say, out of those quarterbacks there? It would be Hugh Jackson, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and, and that's where this whole, it's this weird dichotomy where you've got a quarterback who wants to learn on the job and then you've got a coach who probably doesn't want to play a rookie quarterback because he wants to save his job because he needs to get wins. Um, what would you say the win total would have to be for Hugh Jackson to keep his job,
4: um, it's it's so tough. I think I looked at Vegas and they had them at like five and a half. Yeah. Or five and a half is about right. Yeah, and if, if look, they were zero and sixteen last year, and their schedule's not easy. They've got a late bye. Um, I think they start off playing a, two really tough opponents the first two games of the year. Um, it's I, I don't know what that number is because at six and ten, is that really if you're a Browns fan? Right after after all they've been through in the past year, you go zero and sixteen. Um, you you get rid of your front office, you bring in John Dorsey, you change out, and then you hire an offensive coordinator and Todd Haley. You go draft the quarterback number one overall. You know maybe there's some questionable citizens in the draft. You add in some pieces in free agency. Like there's so much hype and momentum. I, I, is six and ten good enough? It, think
3: about this: if Hugh Jackson and the Browns go six and ten. His record in Cleveland is seven and forty-one. To think about that, like he's seven and forty-one. Yes. So, how do you keep what, that guy?
4: I I don't know. I, I think I think is if this decision, if this decision is purely based on John Dorsey, it would be really hard for Hugh Jackson to be able to keep his job. Now, they could very well go eight and eight, seven and nine. I think it matters how you finish. You know, and Bobo will attest to this, but <laughs> if you start off a season, right, and let's say they go... Happy they, Father's they, Day, Bobo. I'm really trying to figure out what happened. <laughs> if you start off a season and go 6-0, and, oh, and then you lose your next 10 games, he's probably not keeping his job. No. Well, okay, that, but... It's kind but, of what but,
3: happened to Josh McDaniels in Denver, right? Started well, hot, and
4: then plummeted. That, that the, but that was his first season. The, sex, the second season, he was, you know, was kind of hot and cold okay. or whatever, and... He, he got fired more for the spygate too, I think. But you know, but but if but if they win the last six, right, and they, and they they're playing more competitive in some of those losses in the second half of the season, you look at it kind of different, right? Like if you win your last six games in a row, much like the 49ers did with Jimmy Garoppolo, once they got their quarterback last year, they won the last five games of the season. It's it's a different feeling. I mean, you still have a losing record, but it's a different feeling. So. I think the way in which they win or lose, everyone kind of you know talk about it. That's going to play a factor in all this. Like, if they go six and ten, but they win the last six games, I think he's still their coach in, in 2019. If they're, if they're kind of sporadic and they don't really show a ton of improvement, or they're not as competitive, then yeah, he's probably not at six wins. But that being said, I, I do think he's the one. I don't know the next next to Todd Bowles. That's a tougher media market too, right? Like with the Jets and, and the media there can all of a sudden kind of you know put more pressure on him to perform and to get wins. And if he doesn't, even though they beat expectations last year, in the end it wasn't good enough. Yeah. So he's another one that I think is kind of right there on the cusp of needing to have a good year, otherwise he could be out. And the
3: only example of a coach who's been bad year in and year out and still been given a margin for error and given an opportunity to improve the team was Gus Bradley in Jacksonville. That's the yeah. only time I can think about it. And I don't think... I don't think John Dorsey is going to be patient like the Jaguars were in 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 letting Gus Bradley okay another bad season another bad season and now that you look at it he was developing players and they had talent on that roster but I I just don't see Hugh Jackson getting a chance if he's sitting at 7 and 41 after after 3 years to get a 4th year I just don't see
4: it. So I was told by a beat reporter there in Cleveland that Hugh Jackson was a part of the hiring process of John Dorsey. So I don't know if you knew that or not. Really? But knowing that now, it kind of changes your perception now of how you're looking at that scenario, wow. right? Because if he was somehow part of that process, I don't know how big of a piece of it, but if he was, wouldn't you think that then maybe he's the guy with a yeah. little bit more power? I mean, yeah. he, he did survive you know, two seasons with only one win. And he did survive the firing of Sashi Brown and Paul De Podesta. So, you know, he clearly is in the good graces of their owner, Jimmy Haslam. So maybe he does have a longer leash than we realize.
3: Yeah, and and now that kind of makes sense as to why he came back after this year. And there was actually no, I mean, there was there was no, you know, I know uh, he came out and John Dorsey said, oh, Hugh's going to be the coach. We want to work with you. We want him to turn it around. Now that it comes, like I thought he was just blowing smoke, but now that he's back for another year and you tell me that, I guess now it kind of makes sense as to why he's still there. So, Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, all right. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Every week at this time, we play a little game called Headliner Live. It is the most anticipated segment every single week on the show. If you want to team up with Brady Quinn or myself, it's easy, it's fun, and it's sometimes very inappropriate. Eight seven seven ninety nine 99 on fox is the number to call right now. 877-996-6369. Headline or lie is next. We are looking for teammates. It can be you. All you have to do is call eight seven seven ninety nine 99 on fox Right now, though, let's turn it over to Steve DeSager. I would say it's
0: a little surprising, guys, that these, the Washington Capitals, are winning as they are. But when you take it into the context of what we had earlier in the show, oh, the Caps are going to be losing tonight. There's your bet. There's your live bet. Well, they've done nothing but score ever since. Washington was. (laughs) Steve's the
3: best, isn't he? The guy's the greatest over there. Washington
0: was down 2 1. Dancing on my
3: financial grave.
0: (laughs) And not yours. I mean, this this other guy who we've never met. Yeah, sure. Washington was down 2 1 after the first period at Tampa Bay. They're now up 5 2 at the Lightning with about 11 minutes left in this, ready to go up two games to none in the East Final. Washington's postseason history, not great. They have not gotten out of the second round of the playoffs in the last 20 years even though they've been a division champion 10 times in the last 20 years. Here, they get out of the second round by eliminating Pittsburgh, they make the conference final, and they're about to go up two games to none, apparently. Meanwhile, the Boston Celtics open the NBA's Eastern Conference Finals with a 108-83 win over Cleveland. The Celtics are 8-0 at home in this postseason. Cleveland, from three-point range, started 0-14 today. Game 2 is Tuesday, and then the series is off until Saturday night. In golf at the Players, Tiger Woods tied for 11th place, Webb Simpson the winner by four strokes. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore, with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In the baseball tonight at Arizona, Washington's lead now 4-3 against the Diamondbacks bottom of the seventh. Cincinnati won its sixth straight game, 5-3 over the slumping Dodgers. Detroit beat Seattle 5-4 with a run in the bottom of the ninth and the Mariners' Robinson Cano broke his hand as he was hit by a pitch. You'll see a hand specialist on Tuesday. The Yankees in Boston, each one again. They're still tied for best record in the majors. 28-12. and 12. Back to you.
3: Thanks, Steve. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. So uh, we are, uh, I mean, the phone lines are filling up, filling up faster than the back of the net for the Capitals right after Live Bet Jesus made his pick. Uh, not that I care. Um so we will play uh headliner live coming up here in just a moment 87799 on Fox if you want in.
4: So. Is it safe to say that that he's he's now on losing streak? Yeah,
3: I think that would be safe to say. Okay. <laughs> like I mean it,
4: he's he was hot for a while. He's a streaky guy. Yeah. He really is.
3: Yeah, he uh he's gotten burned before in games. <laughs> no yeah. doubt about it. He's gotten yeah. burned, but it's not often that that not only does he get burned, but it's almost like the Capitals uh put him down. And then revived him, only to put him down two more times after that. Because this game is a wipeout,
4: man. I uh, I, I get the sense, though, that he should just you know, stay in his lane. Sometimes hmm. he wanders out to other sports. That has not benefited him at all. Yeah. Yeah. Or or the people listening that want to actually you know, ride Live yeah. Bed Jesus. There's a lot of people out there who want to. I know Bobo was on him for a long time. No. He, no, he no, didn't, he didn't want to get off. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you, want to, you want to get off a of live I mean, bet, Jesus? I mean, he, was, he was helping out. so
3: Remind much. me never to go over to you or Steve Desager's house because I see the way you treat guests. I mean, you guys are you guys are brutal. You and Desager are, are, have literally given Live Bet Jesus a sidewalk smile for the last hour and a half on the
4: show. I mean, good God, he's a guest of the show. Treat him with some damn respect. I, I, I learned from the best. I'll leave it at that. All Steve right. can fill in the uh, fill in the blanks. So. All right. Um, it is time, though, for this. <coughs>
3: news
2: turn on the news is it a headline or is it a lie let's go to the news desk what's the
3: good news
2: here's
1: Jonas Knox and Brady Quinn
3: so we do this every single week on the show here on Fox Sports Radio uh we play this game where we find partners from around the country potentially around the world we had a guy calling from Australia to try and play one time Uh, But he lost connection after he hit a wombat uh, while drunk driving. Um, Probably uh, a false story, but it could be true. And uh, so now we will do it again here. Every week at this time, we play Headline or Lie, where Brady and I put together headlines. It's either an actual headline or it's a lie that we've completely made up, and you will tell us which one it is, and you will team up with us. It's a team form here. Uh, So let's start off in Washington. Where Thomas is listening on Fox Sports Radio. Thomas, what's happening?
2: Hello, Jonas. I'm having a margarita and enjoying the sunshine up here.
3: There, look at you, man. By the way, I don't mean to uh, rain on anybody's parade, but uh, Cinco de Mayo was last weekend. Nothing wrong with that. Cinco de Mayo
2: is today as well. All right, celebrate, celebrate, (laughs) celebrate.
3: Good for you, man. Now, how do you like it on the rocks? Blended. What are we talking about?
2: Well, I do like it blended. That's kind of, kind of, but I'd blended.
3: No, hey, do what you got to do, man. All right, Thomas, uh, who do you want to team up with? You can either team up with me and win, or you can team up with Brady.
2: Got to go with the winner, Jonas and I.
3: There it is. Good man. Good man, Thomas. Margarita Did you Thomas. last week, Jonas? Yeah, it's a new audience. They don't know, oh, and they're God. drunk anyways, just like Thomas. Uh, we move over to West Virginia, where Jason is listening in West Virginia here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason, what's happening?
2: Oh, uh, not too much. Just got off work. Nice. Where do you work, man? I'm a restaurant manager at Bob Evans, actually.
3: Oh, I love Bob Evans, man. Hey, you know what? Hey, can I give you guys a little bit of credit? Not you guys, because you have zero to do with it. But uh, Bob (laughs) Evans, the restaurant, those frozen mashed potatoes that you can buy in the supermarket are actually pretty damn good.
2: Yeah, 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 they are. Again, I'm about sick of them, but yeah, I
3: can't well, complain. That's why I said you have nothing to do with it, so I don't even know why you're <laughs> commenting <on>. uh, <laughs> All right, so uh, Jason, you will be teaming up with Brady Quinn here on Fox Sports Radio. So this is how it works. Brady and I have headlines. It's either an actual headline or it's a lie. I will read mine to Brady's partner. He will read his to mine, and you guys will represent us. All right, so try and do your best, and if we, go, if we are tied at the end of this list, we go to sudden death overtime. Easy enough? Easy enough. Easy enough. Here we go. Jason in West Virginia, I will start with you. All right? Jason in West Virginia. You ready? All right. All right. Ready. This is close to you. (laughs) A 37-year-old man in Virginia was arrested earlier this week after he was spotted walking through a park wearing high heels, stockings, and no pants. Headline or lie?
2: (laughs) Oh, I'm
3: going to say headline. (laughs) Well done.
4: Well done, Jason.
3: Well, by the way, feel free to wake up whenever you're ready, Jason. We're uh, just doing
4: a show here. <laughs> no, look, you see, I'm wide he,
2: awake. Good God.
4: Yeah, it's this nice, calm demeanor, all right? It's like interviewing well, a chalk outline. I'm
2: in no hurry to get home. My cat's in heat, uh-huh. and I can't let her outside.
4: <laughs> well, all right. Uh, Thomas, you ready, buddy? Whoa. <laughs> ready? <laughs> yeah, we're going to move on. <laughs> all right, headline or lie? <laughs> Sexuality expert says parents should seek consent before changing a baby's diaper. Flat out lie. What? That's a headline, my friend. Oh, yeah, man. I believe this was in Australia where we get some of our listeners, some of our callers. But uh, yeah, they they somehow you should get consent from a baby before you change their diaper. The person I have who no idea the person
3: how. who proposed that uh, should have a baby's diaper thrown in their face is what I say. All right, that's what I say, Brady. How I, about
4: that? I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Uh,
3: all right, uh, so a one nothing lead so far for Brady and Jason. Uh, so I will try and uh, stop the momentum here on Fox Sports Radio. This is Headliner Lie. Jason, you ready? Yes. All right, here we go. Headliner Lie. While at rookie minicamp last week, Jets quarterback Sam Darnold was found with blue liquid on his face after teammates convinced him that urinal cakes were edible.
2: <laughs> that's a lie.
3: Oh, that's solid. Why, because he's so smart?
4: Yeah, probably so. Uh, Well, he's got a good education. (laughs) All right, uh, Thomas, you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Headline or lie. Dr. Dre loses trademark battle to gynecologist Dr. Dre. (laughs) Um...
2: God, what? Um, hang what are, on. You, I'll go with, what are you riding uh, a
3: hyena? <coughs> what the hell was that?
2: No, no. I will go with, uh,
4: that's got to be a lie. Really? That's, that's that is a, a headline. So this is action? what happened. Dr. Dre, the actual rapper, lost out on a trademark battle to a gynecologist named Dr. Dre. Spells it different. But Dr. Dre, the gynecologist, already put in the trademark application, and even with all the money Dr. Dre earned from selling his Beats headphones, still didn't matter. Lost wow. out on the trademark.
3: That's incredible. What's even yeah. more incredible wow. is uh, I actually heard
4: that in Ireland, by the way. <laughs> yeah,
3: what's even more incredible is that uh, Margarita Boy is zero for two, and that uh, we are losing this game. Uh, so let's, <laughs> let's gynecologists
2: always get their way. All right, uh, they do, don't they? Hey, let's be so careful a here. Yes. So.
3: My favorite. <laughs> um all right, um Jason in West Virginia, headline or lie. A Fort Lauderdale man traveling through Ireland was arrested earlier this week after he got drunk and began yelling, I'm only Irish from the waist up.
2: Oh, I'm gonna say headline.
3: Yeah. Ah, ah, man.
2: You never know about them guys. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Oh, moving on. Here we go. Uh, Thomas, you ready? Ready. Headline or lie? Woman allegedly blows up pea sample in a 7-Eleven microwave.
2: Oh, 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 I've been down this road. Um, uh, that is that is a headline.
4: All right, yes.
3: And when it's you, on the board. When you say you've been down this road, what do you mean? By that. Well,
2: I've had to study for those types of tests before and have uh, <laughs> fared quite well.
4: Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What, what does that mean? Like, can you actually heat up your your pee and then change? They want the... it between
2: nine. They want it between ninety and a hundred degrees. I don't use the microwave, but I I do use a heat pack, and they are effective.
4: Man, I feel bad. So that's not like a low simmer on the uh, stove.
2: No, uh, hot water. Hot yeah. water. All right. I, I originally heated up. Feel... You no, know, it's legal here in Washington, all right. but it's not at work.
3: Yeah. Um, I, there's a lot of things legal in Washington that we don't approve of. Um, I feel bad for the uh, poor bastard who cooked a hot pocket in that same microwave afterwards. <laughs>
1: what do you think that sounds
3: like? That's a rough one, huh? Um, all right. So it is a 2-1 game here on Headliner Live, Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn. I will now read this to Brady's partner, Jason in West Virginia. All right, Jason, Headliner Live. This is a long one, but you got to pay attention, okay? All right. All right, here we go. Headliner Live. Muirfield Village Golf Club in Dublin, Ohio is launching their first annual Tiger Takeover. A one year membership in free Tiger Woods apparel will be handed out to the first man who can shoot three under par and sleep with a hooker in the same day. <laughs>
2: That's a lie.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, that was You, you had me on the line until the hooker part. All right.
4: <laughs>
3: hey Thomas, you need to get this correct or else the game's no, over, man. No.
4: Uh, okay let's have it here we go thomas take it hold on real quick it. Take, take a sip of that margarita all right Maybe okay, a come on man all right yeah Here we go you ready ready all right headline or lie bride busted for dui on her way to wedding
2: well that that happens all the time um that's got to be a headline
4: all right, live. There you go. He's staying alive. All right, all right. Jason, you can close out of here, buddy.
3: All right, here we go. So, Jason, you can end the game if you get this correct. All right, all right. A tsunami warning was accidentally broadcast on Alaskan TV earlier this week. Headline. Yeah, well, good for you. Oh, look at that. Brady wins again. Yeah, oh, yeah, jet lag yeah, exactly. didn't hit my saying. last question. Yeah, because you lost. Yeah, you lost. Uh, keep yeah, rifling margs, man. <laughs> you lost.
4: Oh, that was fun. Damn it. You know, you live bed Jesus, you guys got a lot in common. I just, two weeks, I, man. like, we just lost to
3: a guy in West Virginia whose eyes weren't even open. He was so tired. And a guy who's been drinking for a week straight hungover and probably is just making these up on the fly. Like, that's what I just lost to. It's unbelievable, man. Oh, by the way, the Capitals are up 6-2. What
2: was the sound effects oh. in his background,
3: though? I don't no. know, man. Like, he's calling from a safari somewhere. He had a lot going on. <laughs>
4: weird. He had a lot going on. Uh, but so he's I mean.
3: pounding margs, man. Have one for me. Yeah. Those are good. Uh, all right, uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. All right, so this really is the best job in the NFL. If you if you want to hear the best job in the NFL, we've got it for you next on FSR. <laughs> Can't even eat a damn power bar around here without Bree coming in and harassing me the entire break. Unbelievable, man. I'm starving. I just got my ass handed to me on Headliner Lie. Yep. A live bet yep. Jesus is getting buried alive by the Washington Capitals in his bet against the Lightning. And I'm trying to eat a protein bar, and Bree the intern comes in here badgering me, telling me everything I did wrong last segment. Unbelievable. I don't need this. What, what did she think you did wrong? I, just, I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. I get emotional. It just hurts. Well,
4: it's, it's not like I uh, wearing gloves when you're working out. You know,
3: <laughs> that is true. Or uh, or taking a nap in a massage chair at a car wash, that's always what? bad too. <laughs> Does Bobo do that as well? <laughs> yeah, you're the one who pointed it out to me. You said, "Hey, by the way, Bobo, our technical producer was in a massage chair at a car wash. us sure was. he was comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that one of those mechanical
4: ones that vibrates yep. and all that? Yeah, I had the
2: rollers in the back. Was yeah. getting my
4: neck done. My ankles was getting massaged. <laughs> it was I was comfortable. comfortable. Bobo was 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 sitting on it wrong. He was like face four. Like, yeah, his foot was weird. on the vibration.
3: And the one Bobo was using, he found at the Hustler store. <laughs> 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 there was a hole in it. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, oh, All right. Um, <laughs> Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we do have great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. In 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. All right, Brady, I was thinking about this. So, you know, you know how there's this... All right. and we were talking about these young quarterbacks. How If you're a young quarterback coming in, you want the reps. But if you're a coach coaching for your job, you probably don't want to give the young quarterback the reps because that probably means you have to work through the growing pains and maybe you don't live to see another year if you're a head yeah. coach. Yeah. You know who has the best situation, the best of both worlds, okay? to that? where they've got stability and they found their young quarterback that they already know is going to be the quarterback of the future and they're set, the 49ers. Like, have have a general manager and a head coach had a better landing spot first time out for both than John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco? Like, they have zero to worry about.
4: No, I mean, zero to worry about. Although, you know, that being said, I I don't know that the case is closed on Jimmy Garoppolo being the long-term guy. But as you and I discussed before after I got to call one of their games, I just love how, like, John Lynch was sold on Jimmy G, and Kyle Shanahan still wanted to see him play last season. He still wanted to see him in his system before he you know gave him the, the final you know check of approval which I think is logical for any head coach right but the fact that you know even after the first few starts it took till the end of the season when he was kind of like all right I'm all in this is our franchise guy let's go give him a huge contract after the season
3: yeah I, I just i was thinking about I'm like man if if I'm a, a a rival GM or a coach taking a gig, like don't you start at can I get their 6-year deal? Like isn't that the starting like the asking price? Like can I get 6 years on my deal and and maybe there's something to taking over a place that has turned and burned several head coaches in consecutive years like they did before because now they want to show that they've got stability, so maybe they over maybe over uh, paid or or gave too many years on the contract just based on you know, wanting to make sure they found the right guys so they didn't look like a, like a,
4: a franchise that had no stability there at the coaching position. I don't think it's giving up too much. I think what you're saying is, is we're willing to be patient with this process. And, and I love that. I wish more teams did it. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why I feel like they're going to be able to have success this year and continue to build towards maybe getting back to a Super Bowl like they were in, in 2012.
3: Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. If you thought the first two hours were hot, wait till you hear hour three. And if you didn't, well, screw you too. Jesus. So we could be seeing a brand new addition to the world of sports. All right, something completely new, something completely different. It could be coming soon. We'll tell you what that is next year on Fox Sports Radio. That guy over there is Brady Quinn. I am Jonas Knox. This is Fox Sports Radio. We come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, let us catch you up as to the shenanigans that have taken place on the show so far. If you have not been listening, how dare you? Here's what's happened. Live Bet Jesus, who is a guest on the show, he appears every single week. He makes live bets on the air. He takes one sporting event, and he makes a pick. He lost last week, but before then, he had won uh, for a month and a half straight, six straight weeks, he was on fire. Um, He decided to pick the Lightning to win the game outright. Lightning on the money line. The Capitals scored four unanswered goals, and it was over. Um, So, (laughs) He's uh, on a two-game losing streak, two weeks in a row. He has lost. Uh, are you concerned about the well-being of Live Bet Jesus, Brady Quinn?
4: I am. Um, we've seen this from him before. You know he's streaky like this, uh, much like his his underwear that he throws in the wash. <laughs> he uh, he gets pretty streaky, man. So there's right. times when look, it is, right. it is beyond repair, and you've just got to throw out those undies because yeah. he does like to wear those whitey tighties and those whitey. White boxer briefs. There he is.
3: Um, Brady Quinn, 33 going on 11 <laughs> here live on the air. <laughs> Unbelievable. In, in, in a skid mark joke at
4: hour three. This is this is where we've seen live bed Jesus before. Basically, all of 2017, he was in the gutter. I mean, th- this is where he was. He was struggling. He he couldn't find a way to just be able to pay his 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 car loan. I mean, he was struggling to find ways of of you know making some profits, and uh, hopefully he can come out from it. Because look, he's had a good twenty eighteen so far. Yeah, you got to give it to him.
3: You know, I um, and again, not that I have access to his gambling account, but I can assure you, he has not had a good twenty eighteen. Uh,
4: I I am I am confident of that. <laughs> he just had six weeks in a row before these. You know, this week and the week before. Yeah,
3: those are the Sunday nights. Uh, you know, during the week oh,
4: during <laughs> the week. I thought yeah. he only only laid down bets for our show. I thought we had the exclusivity. I, no, I mean, I'm is under the not... impression
3: that that is what he does, but I, I have heard rumblings that uh, during the week, not so oh. hot.
4: Um, oh. Okay. Yeah.
3: Oh. Not, uh, well, I was wrong. I, yeah. my,
4: my apologies. I, but, I thought I thought that was, you know, he's one of those guys. But kind
3: of... he, here's the difference between Live Bet Jesus and, and most other gamblers out there. Most gamblers out there, when they see their own blood, it's like a fighter. The first time they see their own blood, you want to see how they react. Some of them completely fold gamblers out there that would lose two weeks in a row on the national stage like this they would completely fold they would close up shop and they'd find something else to do because they couldn't handle the heat you know what live bet jesus does stays in the line of fire i've already gotten word that he will be back next week he will bet and he will win all right that i've gotten word on. So we'll see. how Good it for turns him. Out. I mean, yeah. that
4: sounds like a true de- de- degenerate gambler.
1: It right. really does. There's yeah. good.
3: Uh, any more insults you'd like to get into a uh, live Bed Jesus? Any more uh, while we're at <laughs> oh, it here? I look, mean, you know how this works. We like to kick him when he's down.
1: Yeah,
3: you know. I do know. Trust me. I, I don't you know. partake in that because uh, it hurts too much. But nevertheless, um, the Boston Celtics have taken a one-game-to-none lead over the Cleveland Cavaliers. A wipeout early on Sunday. Uh, Celtics win by twenty-five. And here's the what I wanted to ask you, Brady Quinn. So so LeBron James, I think, had his worst game of the postseason. He was not effective. He looked tired at times. But still, I mean, it's only one game. They come out and they win game two, which they're more than capable of. They have home court advantage, and it goes back to Cleveland. Then you figure it out. The series is nowhere close to being over. Just a bad look for game one. Here's what I, I, I wanted to, to see what you thought of this because I, I've – I've kind of been thinking about how this is going to play out. So if you're the if your teams around the NBA or if you're somebody else watching this and seeing what's going on, what do you think general managers, what do you think other coaches and other organizations are thinking when they look at what's happening to the Boston Celtics and they see a guy in Brad Stevens who lost his two best players and yet continues to win. They're three games away from the NBA Finals, and something like $200 million is sitting on the end of the bench watching what's happening while they're doing this with some players that were in the G League, uh, other players that are either rookies or second-year guys. And it's, you can attest to it's, it's the system and all that stuff, and you give credit to it. But do you think this puts any heat on other organizations or other coaches around the
4: league? It should. I'm actually looking through right now all the head coaches in the NBA. And you know what the majority of them, the strong majority of them, have in common? All former players that that have played in the NBA, right? Yeah. Um, to, to some capacity. You know what Brad Stevens didn't do? Uh, play in the NBA? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and there's there's a number of other coaches that you can throw into that category, right? I mean, Eric Spolstra had a, a professional career um, wasn't necessarily uh, – you wouldn't necessarily call him an, an NBA player, if you will. He was a
3: video editor for Pat Riley. He literally started as what would be the equivalent of the busboy in a restaurant.
4: Well, he, 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 well first off, he, he played basketball in college, and then he actually went to go play overseas. And I believe in, like, 95, you know, he had some back problems, had some issues. Um, but I, I believe he was actually offered a, an opportunity to be with the team, uh, and they also offered him a position on the staff with Miami. And that's how you got to start. But it it just goes to show you and, and I don't know why this is the case because it seems to happen more often than not in the NBA as opposed to other professional sports, but you know, it seems to be like they have to have that stamp of approval, right? Like they have to have been a player in order to get the the appreciation right. from the guys in that locker room. And I just I just find it interesting. Like who's the standard that you would look at at the NFL level? Bill Belichick he didn't play in the NFL. And and we look at the NBA, and, and granted, look, Steve Kerr, unbelievable coach, great player. Uh, he's the one example of that. Tyrone Liu, I don't know how you feel about him as a coach, but he's been successful since he's had uh, LeBron, been with the Cavs, so... Obviously that's you know he's he's his record as a head coach looks better than maybe what it should be. And
3: he was well thought of. He was an assistant on a couple of other team staffs and he was well thought of as a guy who could project to possibly be a good head coach down the road. So but I still think the jury's out. But to your point, yeah.
4: So but the point is this, I think a lot of times and and you could throw obviously Greg Popovich into this conversation um in regards to, you know, guys who weren't necessarily uh the best players. Didn't even play at the NBA level but are still able to put in a system and is still able to be a coach that can find success. Like, I think if you were looking at two teams, and, and, and maybe the Spurs could, because of Kawhi Leonard and because of Aldridge and some of their, their pieces, especially when Popovich was, was winning NBA Finals, now uh, with the Twin Towers and, and having guys like Tony Parker and Ginobili, you said, okay, this is a talented team. But also, it, it was a system, right? We talked about that at the beginning of the show. Like, you look at Brad Stevens, it's the same thing. It's a system. And I think the one common denominator between those two guys are is they know what they want, they know how to get out of those guys, and they don't need that like, accreditation from you know, being in an NBA locker room. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of organizations make. They think that these head coaches, in order to get respect from the players, have to be guys that played the game. And, and I don't necessarily know if that's always the best way of going about doing it. I think that's something that franchises need to start looking at. Look at some of the teams that are doing more with less. They tend to have coaches who weren't NBA players. Maybe they think outside the box. Maybe they're just better leaders, better communicators. Whatever the case may be, that would be a route that I would start kind of looking at if I was an NBA franchise.
3: And I, I do. I wonder about how this is. We're going to reevaluate how we how we construct rosters or, or build teams. And I say that because the narrative for the last ten years, and every sport goes through these phases. You know, in football, you had the wildcat or, or whatever that was going on for a while, but. In the NBA, the last 10 years, the general thought was you've got to form super teams. The Celtics did it with Garnett and Pierce and Ray Allen. The Miami Heat did it with LeBron and Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Like it, It's been about super teams and forming these super teams. But now I think what the Celtics are doing and what Brad Stevens has done in this postseason is they've shown you another way that you can skin the cat. And if the, just think about this. For everything that we've been told about the NBA, we've been led to believe that the team with the best player or players wins every single time, especially in a seven-game format. If if the Celtics advance to the NBA Finals, in consecutive playoff series, you've beaten Giannis, Ben Simmons, and LeBron James. How the hell do we are we supposed to take that? To me, it just shows that now there's a completely new idea or train of thought on how you can compete in the NBA. It's not just about having the best players. If you can find that guy, which there are so few and far between, which is why this is so rare that this is happening, then you do have an opportunity. And so that's why I was thinking. When you were playing quarterback in the NFL, was there a new offense or a new style of play or something that came along during your time that you thought, damn, I'm not used to that. I'm going to have to relearn the position in that regard.
4: Yeah, 2013 when I got to Seattle, I signed there as a free agent and we started putting in the zone read. Now that was more a product of you know looking at Russell Wilson and his mobility, and that was why we had him in the offense. But I, I think what the thought was from Daryl Bevel, who was the offensive coordinator at the time, as well as Tom Cable, who had influence on the offense, was you had to find some sort of way for being able to get uh, you know, account for an additional body down around the line of scrimmage. And you had to threaten them with the ability to run the football at the quarterback position. That was the one way of doing it. And it was something where I was like, man, I've not really done this from shotgun. I mean, I, I ran some like midline option, a little bit of triple option back when I was in high school. But that's, you know, years and years ago. And to have to, one, do it at the highest level of this, something that you know really doesn't fit my skill set, that's where i was like okay i've got to kind of go back and really really look at what are the basics of how i go about trying to read that defender and when to give when to keep those sorts of things um go back to you know the fundamentals of all right like like i need to make sure my running form's on point because i'm not getting any faster so i have to get more efficient running like it was it was one of the a bigger change in my mind of looking at most nfl offenses and saying Look, this isn't something the New England Patriots are going to start doing, okay? But a lot of other organizations that have younger quarterbacks have some design quarterback runs in there. Yeah. There's some move the, po- move the pocket because the defensive linemen have gotten so darn good. And ever since the, the New York Giants came out with that NASCAR package against the Patriots where they took all defensive ends and put them in all across the defensive front to rush Tom Brady, you've, you've started to see teams copycat. And now they've become so athletic up front that you've got to be more mobile. You've got to have a little bit of ability to threaten them running. Otherwise, you know, they're just going to pin their ears back and they're going to come after you. And then offensive linemen aren't good enough nowadays.
3: Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next, Brady is going to take you inside the life of a young quarterback. All right? So if you've ever wanted to play quarterback in the NFL, don't worry. You probably never will. But – you might kind of have an idea what it's like after what you hear from Brady Quinn. That's next year on Fox Sports Radio. Was well, this Enter Sandman <laughs> from Metallica here on a Sunday? Yes, All yes right. is Not Love this riff. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, coming up here in just a moment, we are going to tell you... And take you inside the life of a rookie quarterback. All right, this is going to be fun stuff. I'm going to ask all the hard-hitting questions. We are going to get graphic here momentarily on Fox Sports Radio. All stuff that Brady will not answer on the air, but I'm going to ask him. All right, before we do that, I do need to tell you that we are brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. So rookie mini camps. Uh, have taken place around the NFL, Brady. Now yeah. they, they space yeah. these out for some teams. Like some do it one week, and then others do it another week. How, how does this work?
4: Yeah, some some teams do it right after the draft. So basically, you get drafted and you're kind of thrust to do whatever city you know took you. And next thing you know, you're sitting in, in install meetings. You're putting on pads and you're you're going out and practicing. Which it's it's kind of crazy how it works out like that because you barely know the guys who are out there practicing with you. Maybe you played against some, played with you know, a few guys, but, you know, for, for most of the guys, like you're just reading whatever the name is on their back or the sticker that's on their helmet. So it could be crazy.
3: So is it just the players? Is it the free agents that are signed after the draft plus the guys that are drafted that are out there? Correct. And you'll
4: get some players who were maybe practice squad players the year before who they'll invite to come back and, and, you know, practice in it and all that. In order to be a part of the 90-man roster, you'll get that from time to time. I was
3: going to say, how do you have enough players to even do a 7-on-7? Seven seven?
4: No, it, it's pretty thin. I mean, that's that's part of it. And some teams have actually kind of gone away with it. Like, they don't even do a legit rookie minicamp anymore where they, where they practice. They basically just go through a bunch of installs, walkthroughs, because they don't want to risk injuring some of those guys. Because what you get is a cluster, right? You get guys who are essentially going to already make the roster. Like, you can basically guarantee... Rounds one through four, pretty safe the fourth round, but that's starting to be the cutoff. Those guys are going to make it. And then the rest of the guys, those guys are fighting for roster spots and probably just fighting to make the 90-man roster. So the problem is, is you've got a bunch of extremely athletic, big, strong, tall, strong guys flying around, running around who don't necessarily always know what they're doing. And that typically leads to you know guys getting injured, guys running into each other, that kind of thing. So, a, a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, teams have, have kind of done away with that just for that reason alone. Is
3: it similar to when uh, Rex Ryan put Mark Sanchez out in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, dealing when he's playing with a bunch of
4: kamikazes oh. who are trying to make a name for themselves? Nah, uh, I mean, and there's and there's a, there's plenty of stories. I mean, I, ours was I'm trying to think. This might have been after rookie minicamp. But we had ours, like we got drafted, um, Joe Thomas and I got drafted to Cleveland in 07. We went right to Cleveland, we were there, did the press conference thing. Next thing you know, we're like out on the practice field. And there's like like a first couple awkward things. Like the first being, you know, and everyone makes a big deal about the quarterback center exchange, which they do on every rookie minicamp because most of these guys never take a snap from under center. But even if you, you have taken a snap from under center, you've got a new center. Yeah, Like you've got a guy that you've... You know, maybe never taken snaps before, so like that's kind of like a, a, delicate issue. You know, it's, it's like it, it takes a while to, to get down that chemistry. Why would it be a center. delicate
3: issue? What do you mean? Like,
4: well, you know, I mean, just uh, the hand placement, that sort of thing. Well, here, do, do it on me. I'll yeah.
3: be a center. Uh, do it on me. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, all right. Yeah. I mean, okay. It's uh. Well, here, it's, wait it's, till I got the blindfold on. Go ahead. Dude, do we
4: really have to go through this? Okay. This this that is sounded really inappropriate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I I could give you the the perfect <laughs> technique, <laughs> no, but. No.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'd like to finish the rest of the Anywhere. show.
1: Janice
3: so we had a wide receiver.
4: Now. We had a wide receiver who got arrested. Uh, I, I want to say sometime soon after the rookie minicamp. Like he had a pretty good rookie minicamp. He was fast, had pretty good hands. Not the smartest guy, um, <laughs> but so he gets so he gets arrested. And when we all hear about it, and our player personnel um, guy at the time was like, "Hey, you know, we got to. You know, he doesn't come from much. We got to help bail him out." All this stuff. And he's obviously pleading more to like Joe and I because we're the guys who, you know, I guess have a little more money in our pocket per se. And so, you know, I'm kind of sitting there thinking, all right, well, like, well, what did he do? And he's telling the story. Oh, you know, he was, you know, that the cops came up and, you know, they they told him to get out and all this stuff. And and he wasn't really in the wrong. And like, you know, he's going to try to fight and all this stuff. We're like, well, do we have like the footage? And they're like, yeah, yeah, they're going to get the footage. So they show us the footage, and long story short he he basically a cop had asked him, I think, to leave a bar that had closed, and you know he he kind of was trying to get him to leave, and he kind of gets on the street, then he starts giving it to this cop, then he starts kind of going off like he 's going to hit the cop, so the cop tased him, so we end up losing like one of our best wide receivers from this rookie mini camp because of this whole incident, and yet they 're trying to put together like a pool of money to bail the guy out. And so after I saw the like after I saw the, the footage, I was like, uh I, I I'm I'm good, I'm good. <sighs> like I, I, I'm gonna kind of go elsewhere with this whole yeah. deal. That that
3: that damn not... Mike Mason, unbelievable! Mike Mason would behave like that in a club. This is ridiculous, <laughs> man. He would get that I don't, drunk. I don't, and don't know who, I don't
4: know who you are referring to.
3: Mike but. Mason. I'll go with Mike Mason. We'll go with
4: that. You don't have to air him out. I just did. I love how quick you can look things up on the internet. What do you mean?
3: Listen, nobody knows more about teams 10 years ago than I do. All right? So just trust me on this. It was Mike Mason.
4: I'm not going to say anything. but, But he was a good guy. It was kind of an unfortunate situation. That being said... That was, like, my only memory from our rookie minicamp. Like, it literally was our only, my only memory besides, like, <laughs> thinking, like, okay, the jump from college to NFL isn't that big. And then once the actual vets get there, then you go, okay, this is more the speed and tempo of how things go. Like, the whole rookie minicamp was a cluster.
3: Well, and and I think probably what threw you off as well, too, is because um, you got used to seeing him out there, and then all of a sudden you look over, hey, where'd number 88 go? And he just wasn't there anymore. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He yeah. wasn't there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you loved outplay. What? I mean, oh, look, I, like I mean, I'm just saying, like number 88 wasn't there anymore, and you know, there's just an issue. Um, uh, I mean, come on. What
4: a scumbag you are! Poor guy can't get a second chance in America. Uh, you, okay. Knows.
3: What, did, what did what was it that bad? What was on surveillance? Was it really that bad? What he did?
4: Uh, what I recall seeing, it, it, it was. I guess I'll put it this way: it warranted a response from the police. Okay, like, fair enough. I, like you got to think of it this way. I don't know how big the cop was. You kind of couldn't tell. He didn't. It didn't look like he was towering over the uh, over the wide receiver. I mean, he was, and he wasn't the biggest guy. But um, it like based on how he conducted himself, like I would have handled myself much different in that scenario. <laughs> like I, I would be much more. You know, subservient to, to, a, to a police officer in that just, issue. Like, they, that was not the way he handled himself.
3: I just saw his bond him out. Oh, my
4: God. Um. All right. Uh, so, yeah, so, by the way, we're supposed to pull together money for that. We just met the Jesus, guy. Jesus, man. 20 Gs? <laughs> I don't <laughs>
3: even know. Like, I don't even, I wouldn't give a sibling yeah, 20 that Gs. Was,
4: that was my recollection of our rookie minicamp. We just meet a guy, really liked him as a wide receiver, and then that happens, and you're going. I'm supposed to bail this guy
3: out? Like, <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't like him that much. Um, yeah, no kidding. So when you get, here's what I want to know, though. So you go to rookie, do you have any times, you get drafted, do you have any time to look for a place to live? Are you just renting out a room? Are you just, it seems like everything's just chaotic after you get drafted, and then all of a sudden you're at the facility, you're doing interviews, and, and you're in a practice field.
4: You know, I was lucky because I only got drafted two hours away from where I live. So my mom and dad were like a huge help in that department. Now, that being said, I didn't move out of this like extended stay hotel for, gosh, like four months. <laughs> so I was I was in one of those like really terrible, um, they're cheap, they're probably, gosh, I don't even know what the rate was for a month, but like literally probably forty bucks a night, like is what it costs. That's where they put you up for a few weeks and then eventually guys find place a place to rent and all that. But I, I kinda figured more people would be coming up to visit, which they did. So I was gonna need, you know, a house to rent or try to buy a house, something like that. So my parents helped out big time with that. Very lucky. By the way, happy Mother's Day. Although I'm pretty sure my mom's in bed by now, but um that was the, that was a huge help. So usually you don't have time for it, so hopefully someone else can help you with it. Man, that's
3: just such a pain. Like, everything's just so rushed. You think, like, man, you just got drafted. Let's go celebrate. And it's like, no, you got to get on a plane. You got to get to the facility. You got to, like, do all of this stuff. Like, when, when did you actually have time to take a step back and go, damn, I'm in the NFL now. Like, was there ever a moment where you got a second to just breathe, or was it just straight to the books, learn the playbook, figure out the offense, and go?
4: That was pretty much it, to be honest with you. The only time you realized, like, that, hey, I'm a, I'm a pro now is when you started doing marketing stuff and you started kind of getting, you, you could actually get money from things off the field, right? Or Imagine you that, huh? Events. Yeah, no, that was that was an awakening. And I, I'll still never forget we went to a Cavs game, we got introduced, uh, Joe Thomas, Eric Wright, myself, and just standing on half court, you know, talking to LeBron, um, you know that was a cool experience. That kind of it kind of you gave you the sense of like, holy crap, man! Like this is this is the NFL. This is professional football. Like when you get drafted onto a onto a team, you become a part of that community. Like you become a part of that city, a key piece of that city, and that and they're looking for you to to produce and be the guy and all that. So it was that was kind of like a cool moment where you all of a sudden started to get that sense. And and everyone wants to be a part of it. You know the Indians had us come out throughout the first pitch. Um, so a lot of cool stuff, but like it's those moments because you don't have a chance really to be in the stadium around the fans and 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 before the season all that until preseason and that's not even the same as the regular season.
3: Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, up next, there is. A story in the world of sports that has turned into a bit of a controversy, and I believe there are certain people that are getting a bad rap, and they shouldn't. We will get into that next year on FSR. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, you shut your damn mouth and you hey, pay your respects hey, to Steve DeSager. Hey.
0: That's our listeners you're talking to. We'll get to tonight's ball game in a moment. But, guys, at Dodger Stadium today, before the L.A. game, in the visitor's bullpen, a raccoon was found by a member of the cleaning crew. So animal control was called, and by about two hours before the game, an employee trapped the raccoon in a cage, took it away. If it can pitch, the Dodger relief corps oh, could man. use some help. But many of the Reds players apparently had not yet arrived on the team bus. That's they how
3: there. they make Dodger dogs. Knew
0: it. <laughs> you know, once Knew on the it. way into the stadium, I saw what I guess was a raccoon going through the landscaping. You know, Dodger <laughs> Stadium, when the team arrived in Los Angeles, uh, Dodger Stadium didn't exist. It was a rustic neighborhood, dirt roads overlooking uh, L.A. and... I guess some generations have just stuck around. But the Dodgers have lost seven of their last eight games. The defending National League champs have a record of 16 and 24. They lost at home 5 3 to the Reds. A Cincinnati team that's won six in a row, their record before this streak was 8 and 27. Tonight, Arizona lost its fifth straight game, got swept at home this weekend by Washington. 6-4 tonight's final, Mark Reynolds hit two home runs. He's a former Diamondback draft choice. The Angels scored bottom of the ninth to edge Minnesota 2-1. Starting pitcher Shohei Otani, 11 strikeouts in six and a third innings. San Diego and Milwaukee with wins. In the NHL playoffs, Washington is up two games to none in the East final after coming back for a 6-2 victory at Tampa Bay. And in the NBA's opener of the Eastern Conference final, Boston beat number 4 seed Cleveland 108 to 83. Boston led at halftime 61-35, biggest halftime deficit of LeBron James' playoff career. They said on postgame he's never trailed 0-2 in a conference final. Game two of the series is Tuesday in Boston, and then this series will be off until Saturday night. In golf at the players, Tiger Woods tied for 11th place but was 11 under par. Webb Simpson won it by four strokes. And former NFL coach Chuck Knox passed away at the age of 86. With the L.A. Rams in the 1970s, Knox won the NFC West five straight years Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Chuck Knox. That was my dad's name. True story. Was it really? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't so even think go. about yeah. that. Yeah. It was
3: my wow. dad's name. My uh his brother would the out here in Southern California, he was the coach of the Rams. And my oh. mom would tell always tell me this story that his brother would be it checking out or whatever, and they'd see like, you know, if he was writing a check, they'd see Knox on the end of it, and uh, they'd say, Oh, do you know Chuck Knox? And you go, Yeah, that's my brother. And he'd just go with the law. <laughs> <lie. laughs> So if you wonder why, why, where I get it from, it's that kind of stuff I grew up around. Just went with the lie. So A little how about shenanigans, that? yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, we are coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico dot com fifteen minutes ago. All right, so this is. And I understand that this is a bit of a sensitive issue, but we should probably touch on it because I I think that your opinion on this is pretty valuable because you've actually been through stuff like this. So here's the backstory: There was a UFC event um, on Saturday night that nobody watched. And in the main event, the gal who was fighting for the title, trying to win the title from Amanda Nunez, was uh, Raquel Pennington. And she was getting beaten up pretty bad. And in between rounds, after the fourth round going into the fifth round, she was overheard telling her corner that she was done and she didn't want to go back out. That she was done, she didn't feel okay, she didn't want to go back out. The corner argued with her and sent her back out, and she ended up getting pummeled and finished. And so... The conversation afterwards was, how can your corner do that to you when you tell them you're not fit to fight or you're not fit to be out there? It's like concussion protocols in football. How would you just send somebody out there who's telling you that they are not fit to fight any longer, but you still send them out there to take further damage? This is a it, it's a touchy subject because concussions and everything we know about head trauma and the effects of head trauma later on. You're somebody, Brady, who's played in football and you have played football for a long time. You've dealt with head trauma. You've dealt with concussions. Where does this story land to
4: you? It's a tough one. I think when you you look at the current times with the way we we view head injuries and just how cautious we are now, I, I think you've you've have to unfortunately throw in the towel now. I'm conflicted in that response only because for any athlete, any true competitor, those people in your corner, they hear you tell them that you can't go on often. Yep. I don't care what sport it is. I don't care how you're training. They hear that you want to quit. They hear that you don't want to do anymore. They hear that you just want to stop. You're tired. You can't get another rep, whatever it may be. You can't get another round. They hear that a lot. And they're there to push you. And so that's the hard part is as as much as we want to kind of paint these people out to be you know bad people or being negligent in the way they're looking out for the to the for the fighter in this case, it's tough because most most people in that moment, you know, I I'm sure they say something like that, right? Especially when you're a fighter. And I don't know if you've ever wrestled or boxed and, and I have, and I can tell you, maybe I didn't verbalize it, but there's times in the back of my head I was thinking, man, I just want to Throwing the towel, like I'm tired, like yeah. I don't want to do this anymore, and that's the hard thing is, it's for them understanding that fine line of, of when is it too much, right? And and is that on their discretion or is that more on the, on the officials' discretion of whether or not they can proceed? Um, but that being said, I think if if she's going to sit there and verbalize it, I think you've you've got to take it pretty seriously, and it seemed like, you know, she was she was pretty dead set on not wanting to continue the fight. I just. I think it's a moment too because you see this a lot of times with fighters more so than anything else where an official stops a fight and they feel like, oh, they could have went longer and they didn't want to, right? Or their corner does that. Then they're mad at their corner. Now they, their corner faces repercussions from the fighter. Uh, I just I feel like sometimes you, you look back and you see those fighters second-guess their corner, second-guess the official. And the last thing I'll say is this. You can lose the first four rounds, right? You can get your ass kicked. Yeah. And you know what happens in the fifth round? you get a lucky shot yep. and you knock them out and you win the fight and then you know what you're doing when you look over at your corner you're like thanks for pushing me thanks for you know keep me back out there so i just i feel like i feel like the corner can't win in this scenario it's like it's really hard for them to be able to come away and feel like they've won because they're going to look like the bad guy or they're going to look like they threw in the towel for her and they're the ones that quit on her.
3: Now, the corner is getting buried because people think they were, to your point, being negligent, sending their fighter back out there after she verbalized she didn't want to continue and they still sent her out there and she got beaten up even more. Um, the difference, to, and also to your point, to where you say you could be losing the first four rounds or the first 11 rounds in a boxing match, this is why... Combat sports, boxing, uh, mixed martial arts, uh, Muay Thai fighting, whatever the case may be is different from every other sport. There is a five run home run. Um, There is an eight point touchdown there. Like all of these things are a nine point touchdown. All of these things are possible because it takes one shot, one punch and it's a game-changer, and you can win the fight. So that's why sometimes you see fighters go out there maybe take more of a beating than they should because there still is, even if it's slim, that chance that you could win the fight. Here's the other thing. I'm a firm believer that in the cauldron of, whether it's uh, an athletic event, a fight, a football game, um, whether you're doing cardio at the gym, whether you're in the middle of a workout, that you, while you're tired and in that moment where everything is hysteria and it's craziness all around you and being in the middle, trapped in a cage with the best fighter in the world in that division and you're getting a beating, you may say some crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, people like how many times I've had a buddy of mine. I remember this clearly to where he said, hey, I'm going to be drinking tonight Um I I don't want to fool around on my girlfriend. This is a true story. He said, I don't want to fool around on my girlfriend. If you see the true story, he's all, if you see me talking to another woman, pull me away from her. Don't let me go down that road. I was like, Yeah, I got you. No worries. There he was talking to another woman. I pulled him away and he got pissed at me for pulling him away, calling me a blank, a C block. And I said, Listen, you gave me instructions before. I'm simply following your instructions. And the next day, yeah, of course. I, 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 uh, I swooped in. And, and uh, the, next day, the next day, he said, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I just wasn't thinking clearly. Guess what Raquel Pennington's fiance came out and said today? We appreciate that they let us go out there and fight. They know us. If we would have quit right then and there, we would have regretted it moving forward. But they know us, and they know us well enough. So when people criticize the corner for sending them out there, it's not that they're being negligent. You have no idea what the conversations were in training before they went out there. I, I, I could totally believe it, and you know this talking to, to fighters and other athletes. I could totally believe it if she, at some point in training, said to her corner, I don't care if I tell you to stop it. If you stop this fight, you're fired. That happens. Like, these things happen all the time. It
4: happens all the time. And and it it doesn't even have to be about fighters, though, Jonas. Like, I just felt this other way in the treadmill, like, two days ago. Like, how many times when you're working out do you have to play mind tricks with yourself? (laughs) Today. Like Seriously. Are you kidding me? Today. Like, so many times I think we we sit there and we want to try to, like, lambaste people for, you know, putting someone else in that position. Yet, we'll go to 24-Hour Fitness and we'll be working out with no gloves on like like Bobo does. I mean, God forbid he doesn't have gloves on. Um, no, but in all seriousness, like, we try to push ourselves, and, and we get to a point where like, I will literally lie to myself. I'll be running on a treadmill, and I'll say, yeah, right, just 10 more seconds. And then after that, 10 more seconds. There'll be 10 more seconds. Yeah. And after that, I mean, it will just keep going and going and going. And after I got done running, I kind of thought to myself, like, I'm nuts. Like, I have to do that to myself at times. Because you know when you start you know running you get tired you feel like you're gonna get sick whatever it may be like part of me loves that part of me loves feeling like yes. that and the feeling afterwards and and that's just how you're geared as an athlete that's how you're geared I think as people who you know want to get in better shape and all that good stuff like we do it all the time it's not just fighters like people do it on a daily basis when they work out they go into CrossFit to get their ass kicked and then they, they get out of it, and they're like thanks for pushing me. You know, I, I got up out of bed. Didn't think I wasn't really in the mood. Now I'm ready to kick ass today. Like that happens all the time. I just I don't think it's any different. Where you're talking about a corner who's in their best interest, who's really pushing for them. Like they don't want to see their fighter get hurt. No, of course not. I mean, it's, it's like sending your kid out there and watching them get hurt. You know, you know, playing a little game or something. Like no, no one wants to see that. They've invested a lot of time and money too in these athletes. They they want to see them not only one have success, but also. They do not have their well-being just tortured.
3: And relationships are built and trust is built in those sweaty training rooms where you're busting your ass and you're getting beat on every single day so you can try and get better at your craft. That's where the trust is built. And she had enough trust to even come out afterwards and her fiance say, listen, I'm glad they did it. That's what I wanted. So I just think people got to ease up. I mean, be realistic about it. All right. uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. By the way, if you were wondering... Um, what the uh, gloveless reference that Brady Quinn was referring to. Uh, this is our technical producer, Bobo, who was doing deadlifts with no gloves for the first time. This was the video sent to Brady Quinn and myself on Instagram that Brady refused to reply to. Ah, no gloves.
2: Brady Quinn. Ah, Jonas Knox. Ah. <laughs>
3: What a nice guy! I bleep yeah. you, Believe you! Sweetheart. After handing out some free workout <laughs> advice for Unreal. all the people that I love, love
4: hearing Bobo chime in on the show, that's that's how he feels <laughs> yes. about us. Just because I love you guys we give so him, much, we give him a hard time about wearing weightlifting gloves. Yeah. Okay, just a, unbelievable. All I right. don't want that much calluses on my hand. I'm I'm sorry, women yeah. like my hands
3: well, smooth. Yeah, it hurts me too. All right, uh, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, uh, Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here on FSR. Uh, We are going to take one more trip, all right? If you've ever wondered what it's like to watch a sport in another country, all right, we are going to take you there. A can't-miss story coming up next here on FSR. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, We will take you live to Ireland. We are all going to take a trip to Ireland to find out how wild it gets Uh, So that'll be coming up here in just a moment. Uh, We do have great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Um, I feel better about myself this week. And I was trying to think, like, what did I do differently? Did I I not look any different? Um, Went to the gym the same number of days, five days a week. I ate the same things, all pretty healthy. Why do I oh, feel better? Man, and then I, I looked, know where this is going. Well, I looked, and I was like, oh, it's because Arnie Spanier's not here. <laughs> that's why <laughs> That's why." I, did, I, I, I was trying to put my finger on it, and then I realized, oh, yeah, Arnie's not here. But he will be uh, with you in less than 10 minutes from now. Um, as the morale in the building seemed to go up the second he got on his plane back to Vermont, back to a maple syrup land, the second he got back there, the morale in the building went up. So we, we were thrilled to see Arnie Spanier get the hell out of here.
4: Did the Dodgers struggle too? like, once Arnie got into town for yeah. that period of time? He's a, look, he's the black cloud.
3: He is. The Cavs, yeah, he's so. the, the, the dark cloud. He shows up, and, and everything's a mess. Like it, it's true. Um, so he'll be with uh, Chris Plank um, in about eight minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, Brady Quinn, you spent the week in Ireland. Right? Yeah. Tell me about rugby in a pub in Ireland. Take, take us through there. Talk about the drinks consumed, the atmosphere, the game going on. Take us inside Ireland. I've never been. I want to go, and I want you to take us there now.
4: So here's one of the greatest parts. is right. There's, there's pubs everywhere, but we tried to hit up you know the oldest one, the Brazen Head. We went there. That was a good, a good time. Got some fish and chips and all that, but there was this big rugby match. I believe it was in the, the European Cup, mm-hmm. and it was between a French team and Leinster, which is an Irish team, yeah. right? And so we go to O'Donahues. Supposedly they had great live music and all that. <laughs> O'Donahue's O'Donoghue's <laughs> and, and we get there and it is packed. You know, and everyone's already pretty well off, kind of hammered. Yeah, the cool thing though about Ireland and just and it's probably not Europe in general, but definitely where we were at. Like people aren't on their cell phones. People are huddled together. They're like kind of you know, talking, they're joking with each other, going back and forth, they're having real passionate discussions. Like people aren't just addicted looking down to their phone. It was really, really cool to see. Um, so, you know, the rugby game starts and, and people are chanting and cheering, they're clapping, everyone's kinda of cheersing with you know, big big pints of Guinness and Hop House. It honestly it was it was packed, it was fun, the bathrooms were as gross as you've ever oh, seen. Yeah. You've never witnessed anything like looks like a dungeon like these things. Uh, it was exactly what I was hoping for out of that entire experience. And, uh, and Leinster actually won. They actually won on a controversial call. Uh, I, I don't even know the heck, the rules, so I'm not even going to try to, to go that either. far. Yeah. But I'll tell you this much, man. Rugby is badass. Oh, those yeah. guys, the, as physical as that game is, th- those are some real tough guys. When people can complain about other injuries and things, I'm like, these guys are playing through you, all kinds of stuff.
3: You know what I've wondered? What, what's the concussion rate in rugby? Because I wouldn't be surprised if it was lower than the NFL just based on the fact that you don't have a helmet, so you're more careful.
4: People think that, man. When I was watching it, I was thinking, that's not the case. Because these guys lower their heads, and actually they have a really high uh rate of neck injuries too
3: how much but. is a uh, a pint of guinness out there at a at, what is it's it what O'Donohues. the hell is five O'Donohues. euros man come on what's the conversion rate let's talk uh
4: it's 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 more than five bucks so i think i think the euro is like 120 125 per one dollar so i mean you're you're paying or 125 dollars per one euro so you're paying a little bit more it you know i want to be cheap.
3: just like you when i grow up so i'm gonna get hammered tomorrow <laughs>